Seeking answers about the afterlife, Chicago medical student Nelson persuades his fellow pupils to help him end his life and then resuscitate him in the nick of time. Atheist David, Playboy Joe, and Troubled Rachel also journey into the unknown, looking for meaning in their own lives. As the experiments become more perilous, each is forced to contend with the paranormal consequences of trespassing on the other side. Welcome back to another installment of Midnight Double Feature, and on this episode, we'll be covering Joel Schumacher's Flatliners. All right, guys, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for giving us a listen. Uh, as you heard, we're going to be covering uh, Joel Schumacher's 1990 Flatliners, not the fucking remake. Uh, Zoheb, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's uh, it's midday here right now in uh, in Australia, in Sydney, mm-hmm. actually. Um, I'm good, dude. This was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> this definitely existed at some point. Yeah. Hey, you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited. This is um, actually this this movie came out. I was like three months old when this came out, so this came out like like you know at the the year I was born. And uh, it's 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 always good to find a movie because 1990 is not a great year for a lot of movies. Um, I mean, Goodfellas came out and stuff, so I'm always excited to like talk about movies that came out like the year you were born. I don't know why. I just think that's um, oh it's, yeah. I love I love talking about Jurassic Park. I mean, that oh, came out the year I was born, so. <laughs> Yeah, that's like uh, I can't remember the website, uh, but you can look up what movie was number one oh, in cool. the box office when you were born. I think mine's Exorcist Three, um, and that's a pretty good movie. Uh, but either way, we're <laughs> not here it? to talk. I haven't seen it. Either way, we're not here to talk about the Exorcist Three. <laughs> true, um, we're true. here to talk about motherfucking flatliners. Um, and Mother as we said before, flatliners. motherfucking flatliners. Um, as we said before, this is not. A podcast coverage of the remake um i don't know you know we can talk about that for a few minutes um and because uh, it's it's just inevitably going to come up i mean i went and saw it in theaters i think you went and saw it too didn't you Zoha? yeah man i saw it in theaters and i wanted my money back really it was that bad you thought it was that bad well it's not that i thought it was bad okay look i, I walked out of it and i didn't really think actually you know what i remember giving a review of it and i remember giving it like two star two out of ten or some shit like that Damn. i didn't like it when i saw it but you know what let's just talk about it right here because it's it's already here mm-hmm. um i didn't like it but when i saw it i mean i was kind of indifferent about it now when i think back um i can't remember jack shit about that movie like seriously mm-hmm. there is not one moment in that movie that i can like really point out um i, I do remember um thinking Oh, I do remember the the Kiefer Sutherland sort of extended cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ellen Page is good. Diego Luna is good. Nina Dobrev's hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> come on, she is. She's yeah, fucking stunning oh, yeah, girl. Yeah. Um, and also thinking that that maybe it was directed by the guy who did the Swedish Girl with the Dragon Tattoos. Um, mm. So he's a he's a pretty pretty good director i mean like he, he can he can direct so i don't i mean the script must have just been that flat and like you know uh, i don't know it was just so forgettable like there was no sort of moment of it that was like oh this is cool i mean you know just fucking i don't know it was just so bland 
I know what you yeah. mean. It, was, it, it kind of felt it felt very um, like the vanilla PG thirteen version of what Flatliners really like is. Um, and I, I, I don't. I, I rate it a little bit higher than that, strictly because, um, you know, it's the first it's 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 really odd. The first like two thirds of the movie are, are, are good. And then after that, it just gets really kind of kind of weird. And it starts feeling like uh, like a Final Destination movie. And I like I, I hate those movies. I just think, you know, I just think they're the first one's pretty good, you know. But like after that, it's just, hey, a little uh, little insight into me. I dig them. <laughs> really? Oh my god! We are just They're disagreeing so left and right. It's what They're we're so five dumb. minutes in. I mean, no, no, no. Actually, you know what? Like, let's let's put it on the table they, they're fucking stupid they are the stupidest movies you'll ever see but they are they're fun man like there was no part of Flatliners the remake that I was like oh this is fun like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like the, the the I mean I was <laughs> I rewatched Final Destination 2 the other day and um, that's the one with the big car crash and I was like god oh, damn this is like this is excess like right, you know yeah. what I mean this is like massive like you know they're obviously doing this just so they can like get all these like deaths and kills in and things like that and that's what kind of makes it fun because it, it's so cheesy and so corny um whereas like flatline as the remake kind of had this um we're taking it seriously um but at the end it becomes kind of like a haunted house kind of like a like a just a run-of-the-mill uh, horror movie. It's actually mm-hmm. funny you bring up uh, Final Destination because I was actually thinking about Final Destination while watching this, while watching Flatliners. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, just the whole idea of death um, and death coming for you and things like that. It, it's, uh, it's, very, it's actually very, very um, Final Destination. Yeah, and like there was something there, was like in this, uh, just to kind of put us back on topic um, with the 1991. Um, it it felt it definitely felt like very horrorish, but it never felt like like a slasher kind of movie. Like you said, like the haunted, like we're setting up to Absolutely. kill, we're setting up the people just to have them killed in these like brutal ways or whatever. Um, but it felt in a weird way, like almost like a Stephen King story. Like, you know, that, like, Oh my God, you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh my I have God, a note here. That, I have a note here. Like seriously, uh, this feels like a Stephen King story because little about me, I have never seen the movie Flatline is 1990 before this watch. <laughs> this is the first <laughs> time I've ever seen it. Oh, and that's such a crime, man. Like, it's such a crime to, to, to have not seen it and then seen the remake first. Like, uh, oh, my God. Well, obviously, I was I was aware of the conceit. I was aware of the premise. Um, and, and look, it's I, I actually had to look it up because while I was watching it, I was like, this feels like a Stephen King adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. Just the way just the way they've got the, um, the horror, the supernatural aspects, um, even just... Uh, kind of going into the into the main character's history when they were kids and all these traumatic things that happened while they were kids mm-hmm. um that that's very king to me um and uh it, i looked it up and it's completely original it's an it's an original script it's not based on a book um mm-hmm. it's like for back i mean you know that's back when hollywood you know had ideas <laughs> yeah right yeah the, the guy's name it's his, and it was his first script his name's uh, i think peter uh Fidelity, Fidelity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was his first script that he wrote, and um, yeah, it's, it's this movie's kind of kind of odd. Um, you've got Joel Schumacher directing. You've got this guy who's never written a script before, Peter Fidelity. Uh, uh, his first script. Michael Douglas produced it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Jan Debont, who went on to direct Speed and um, and Twister, and you know, like The Haunting. And he made hold this. up. 
he's the cinematographer of this movie. Hold up. And you left out the the fucking magnum opus Speed 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> he directed that. But yeah, yeah, dude, I feel like I feel like our notes are both on point because literally that's my second note. Director Joel Schumacher um <laughs> now famously famously directed uh Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, the two movies that Batman fans really want to forget. Mm. Um but Dude, have you seen Joel Schumacher's resume? I, I, I'm looking at it now. I dig a lot of his movies. Like, not, oh, not yeah. the latest ones, not the later ones, but Phone Booth. I Lost dig Boys. Phone Booth. Lost Boys. Um, a Time to Kill with uh, yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen Phantom of the Opera. Uh, 8mm is good. Um, Falling Down with Michael Douglas. Holy shit, man. This guy, this guy works. And this guy used to be, well, actually, yeah, I'm going to say used to be. Because his latest movies like Trespass with Nicolas Cage and shit are terrible, apparently. Mm. Um, uh, he directed the number twenty three, which with Jim Carrey, uh, which was. Uh, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I uh, I heard it's pretty pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very different for Jim Carrey. I think that's um, it's 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 kind of interesting, mm. but it, it it gets a little yeah. old after a while. But yeah. But, yeah. Um, Oh no! I was I was I was just going to continue with the production, like the people behind the camera, like you, like you said, Jan de Bon, Jan de Bont, Jan de Bon, whatever French mm. Frenchman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, behind the camera. He's pretty famous for Speed uh, and Speed Two. Um, music, dude. James Newton Howard, Lord of the Rings. Oh shit! I did not know that. I, I was I, I have notes about the music because it's it's very like angelic choirish and it's it's great. But I didn't know that he was the one who did Lord of the Rings. That's fantastic. Yeah, he did Lord of the Rings. He did Signs. Uh, he did uh, I believe it was King Kong. Like he does a lot of Peter Jackson stuff. Um, yeah, man. This is this has got this has got some pretty good people behind the behind the camera. Yeah, right, and it's a shame that it, 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 it with all those good names behind it that it's not as good as it could have been. <laughs> because right. exactly, I, I guess we'll just go right into opening impressions. Like I, um, I do love this movie. Um, I, you know, it came out the year I was born. It was, I mean, it was, it was definitely something I remember watching on TV uh, as a kid. Them having like the edited for television version because it's not really, you know, there's not really that much stuff. I, I'm surprised this is really R-rated. Um, mm. I can't remember like a lot of like f bombs in it and stuff. You know, they have some nudity and stuff like that, but. Um, you know, nothing that by today, I don't, uh, you know, maybe I'm just, maybe yeah, I just say fuck so much that they just slip right past me oh, and yeah, I just don't even sure. think, think about them anymore. Funny um, story, man. Like, uh, I remember the first time, um, okay, so we, I've talked about the Australian kind of ratings, the way they work here. Mm-hmm. Um, the US ratings always kind of like have it really spelled out clearly. Um, there was... <laughs> Bad Boys 2, I'd never forget. We rented Bad Boys 2. It was rated for strong violence and uh, I think it was like low-level language or something like that. Uh, and this was like way back when we were kids. Um, <laughs> I think we were like nine years old. And we put, <laughs> put it in. We put it in, watched it with our dad. First scene and they're like swearing their fucking heads off. And my dad's like, all right, got to take this back. <laughs> <laughs> your, your dad, like, your dad pulled, pulled on my dad like when I had RoboCop. He was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, just, just straight out. Let's uh, eject this bitch and get it the fuck out of here because uh, – and then like lo and behold, Bad Boys 2, one of my favorite action movies <laughs> like is now. <laughs> but it's, it's, just, it's just funny. It's just a, a funny little anecdote there that I just thought yeah. I'd interrupt you for. 
<laughs> no, every every time I hear Bad Boys Two now, I can't help but think of Nick Frost from Hot Fuzz. You ain't seen Bad oh. Boys Two, like uh, yeah, dude, that's, sure. that's all I can think of. But for sure, um, it's it, like I I do I love this movie. I think it's one of the more original ideas that's that's come out there. Like I I wouldn't say it's one of the most original. It's, I mean, it's not like Inception. Inception's like I mean that's I think that's you know in that's an age where, right yeah that's that's really 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 high up there. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but there, I love these kind of premises with stuff like this. Um, you know, something like Inception or like the Adjustment Bureau, uh, which is really good if you've ever seen that, or like Flatliners, like none of those movies Fell have asleep. almost, like they, they, um, they almost have nothing in common, but they have really, really great premises. And a, a great premise can get you through <clears throat> so, like, so much. Um, take like Fill the Dreams with like Kevin Costner. Like, just the premise of that is just like it, it, it takes reality and it just steps outside of it, like, just a little bit, just enough <clears throat> that we can still relate to the story. And we're not talking about, you know, something that's just so far out there, um, you know, like aliens or, or, or something that really takes us out of it. Um, yeah, but I, I love <clears throat> I love premises like this because uh, they're simple. Uh, it's something that we can all relate to. Uh, it's, it's something that's universal no matter what, you know, no matter who you are, no matter what ethnicity or sexual orientation or gender or whatever, you're all going to die. <laughs> and everybody wants to know what happens when you die um and I, it's 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 so interesting uh, especially with so many different uh beliefs and you know the way you were raised versus the way i was raised you know there's so many different belief systems and what happens after you die <clears throat> and um you know everybody really just wants answers to that and i think that um this is kind of like um I don't know. It is. It is kind of like the the like the Apollo missions. It's kind of like the first to like dancing with it a little bit and just seeing how far you can go. Like they they are treading into just like new things. It's the it's the thing that we all fear and it's the thing that we're all you know, just because just because we don't know what happens. Um, and so it ends up obviously being something that needs to be conquered, needs to be conquerable, uh, needs to be understood because it's, you always fear what you don't understand. And, um, I think that this movie does a great job of kind of, um, you know, reconciling like people who do have those, you know, they do have systems of belief with religion. Um, uh, but then you have a character, um, like, uh, uh, Kevin Bacon's character, who's, you know, a complete atheist. It's nice because there is kind of like a mix of stuff in there. And <clears throat> I think, uh, I think ultimately it does a good job of kind of balancing that people who aren't religious, people who, who are religious. Um, but at the same time, there's, it's a dark movie. Like it's, it's really dark and it, it's, it, but it's just, you know, it's just dark enough to where it doesn't get um, almost like, you know, like, like emo kid, like nihilistic, you know, kind of shit. Um, but I, I, I love like the level that it's at and all of the, the, like we said, the music behind it, the kind of Gothic um, architecture that you see in a lot of it. Um, I, th I think it's a great movie and there's, you know, there's, there's some things I don't like about it. I think some of the performances are a little meh. Um, I, yeah, I mainly out of like Oliver Platt. I didn't, I just, his character, he was, he was a good character, but like, I like the way he performed it was well, but I just, God, he was such a stick in the mud that he was pissing me. I was like, why is this guy even here? I guess you need one person who never goes, but like, why the fuck is this guy here? Uh, and yeah, I guess he's just there as some kind of comedic relief as to be kind of like the, uh, but sir, you know, that kind of like character, um, but ultimately, I, th I think they do a good job of juggling the characters as, as well uh, and giving them enough enough screen time even between. I mean, you got some 
major players in this. Julia Roberts, Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon. You know, there's like a lot of names to juggle in there. I, I oh, think they for do sure. a good job of that. Mm, absolutely. Well, um, what, what are your opening impressions? Yeah. So, like I said, it's my first time ever watching this movie. And I dug it. <laughs> okay, good. That's yeah, like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. No, no, no. Seriously, I dug the hell out of this movie. Um, obviously, I knew what was coming because I'd seen the seen the remake, so I, I knew what the sort of premise was and things like that. Um, but yeah, this was this was actually really well made. Um, I feel like our notes, <laughs> our notes are kind of like like mirror images because. Um, uh, like I, I have a little spiel that I was gonna do, but you fucking stole my thunder about how um, about how about how it's basically human nature to kind of wonder what's on the other side of the veil, mm-hmm. um, and like it's something we can all relate to. Um, it's definitely it's definitely something that appeals to everyone. It's just um, it's just a really really clever script, I think. Um, and and that's why I was kind of like really really like wow this is original that's so it's so weird to see um, the 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 I couldn't like take my fucking mind off the way off the thing that like it was like surely this is gonna be written by Stephen King surely this is gonna be written by someone mm-hmm. um, but no um, yeah it was just dude it was good I I actually really liked the performances I agree with you on Oliver Platt. Um, and to some extent, uh, Billy Baldwin, um, mm-hmm. but the, the, the three, uh, Sutherland, Roberts and Bacon, holy shit. Those three are fucking great. Especially Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, she kills this role, man. And goddamn, she was a looker back in the day. She's a looker now, but she's like, I just want to live in that hair. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> that looks so nice and soft. Yeah. It's so nice and soft and like a bird's nest. Um, <laughs> But yeah, man, it's um, it's a, it's a solid, solid thriller. Wouldn't go, wouldn't go so far to say it's a horror. Um, I mean, like not not much is these days. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a solid thriller. Um, there weren't really any sort of like big surprises or, or anything like that. Um, it just it kind of went the way that I thought it would. But again, that might also be my little venture into the shitty remake side of things. Um, what else what else what else oh shit this is great radio by the way me trying to decide what to talk about um (laughs) (laughs) there's really there's really not much to it it's very it's a very small narrow movie um like you you, yeah real quick straight to the point look dude that's what i loved um like it's just straight to the point uh because i I remember there was a lot of fuckery in the first uh sorry in the remake um like oh shit uh you know this guy's doing this you know i'm not gonna be a part of this and then like there is a little bit of that in this um but like they kind of get over it really quickly again that's oliver platt's kind of thing um Mm -hmm. i have a note here like is his name really steckle like seriously yeah it's like dude let's make this guy sound so unappealing i mean i guess they do I guess they do it right because we are, he is so unappealing to us as a character. He's just like a spineless, like this kid has, I mean, this guy's probably never had an honest, like, like get your hands dirty kind of job. Just went straight into med school. Like, like, and, and, but he's also, he also is kind of like the voice of reason. I think that's why we kind of go against him. Cause like, Hey, we're here to see some people die, you know? And it's like, well, that's right. Yeah. We, we want we're here, we're here for fun. Right. Right, yeah, and this guy's kind of like the, hey, make sure you look both ways before you cross the street. And it's like, fuck off, hmm. dude. Like, get away and, from me. And 
<laughs> get away from me get away get away from me plat um uh, and also he's he's put some he's put some weight on since this movie like have you oh, seen yeah. him now oh he's, yeah uh, he, uh we were watching what was it lake placid i think that came out in like 95 and it's uh, like God, this guy this guy looks like he ate kevin bacon on the set of flight <laughs> <laughs> dude uh, he's an x-men first class he's uh he's a big big fucker in that yeah. hey uh, I, can't, I can't say shit i'm fucking like 300 pounds so you know oh man i'm <laughs> hey man we're all fat bastards here okay <laughs> yeah. come on that's why like, we could say it <laughs> yeah exactly like we're the ones with the mics though oliver platt doesn't really have a mic right now so he can't really he can't really defend himself can you oliver platt um but yeah he's also in fargo which is which he's really good in um that the, the show um but yeah, uh, bacon rocking a sweet, sweet mullet. Holy shit! Yeah, talking um, about some hair, dude. Can we talk about how eighties this movie is? I know it's ninety. It came out in ninety, but I believe it was obviously made before that. It was made in probably eighty nine, even eighty eight. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm going to say eighty nine. Um, yeah, very, very eighties. Like the music, uh, everything about it is just really eighties. Uh, I don't know. Um, no, it definitely, and I think that that's a Schumacher kind of like, look at Batman forever. I mean, it's made in 97, it looks like it came out in 87. And it <clears> looks <throat> like it, ugh, I can't even look at that movie anymore. Yeah, uh, it's Batman Forever I don't hate as much as Batman and Robin, but it's still... No, forever's, forever's possible, but barely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Robin, barely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that being said, do you want to go ahead and, uh, and jump in? You got anything else? Uh, no, man, there really isn't that much to kind of preamble with this movie. Like it's, it's, it's very sort of straightforward. Um, there's no, there's no sort of like, there's really not that much to cover, but, um, yeah, man, I'm ready to get into it. Let's get into it. Well, first off, um, what was the budget, Zoheb? Fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to never, I'm gonna he go. never, for those listening at home, he never sees this coming. And I don't know why. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's I, don't, like, <laughs> I don't know why. I just, like, I know, I know you're going to ask it in, in like the back of my head, but I never like prepare. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm going to guess because it's 90, 1990, and it's, uh, let's go 30 mil. 30 million. It was like 21. Oh, fuck. But I'm not gonna lie. This does this does not feel like a 21 million dollar movie. I mean, that's obviously most of your cast. You've got, I think, Pretty Woman came out in '90. You know, Kiefer Sutherland yeah. had already made Stand by Me, so he was obviously getting like bigger. Kevin Bacon, you know, was obviously a big name. There's Tremors and Footloose behind him at this point. Um, and the crazy part is, 21 million dollars. Uh, you know, it cost to make this movie. It actually made 60 back just domestically. Oh wow. So Holy I don't know. Shit. Yeah, just ima- I couldn't find anything on like the international box office, but um, you know, it's I don't think it's going to be anything close to like sixty million. You know, it, it, I mean, maybe it was, but either way, you know, this it, it's it's most of the money went towards obviously the cast. I think the remake had a budget of like nineteen million, um, I think, but. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't feel like a $21 million movie. It really doesn't. You know, I feel like you could have, if you'd have just grabbed a bunch of no-name actors and done it, you could have probably done this movie for 12. Like, I mean, it's it's very, there's not a lot of special effects and there's, um, you know, there's not a lot of, 
there's not a there's not a lot of like wasted time on stuff. I, I don't feel like I think I think some people would probably disagree with that, and I would agree with them to some degree um, that there there is a lot of character development, um, you know, in in these people. But they I think they do it. I think they execute it well. Um, but still, I, th- I think I think this movie could have been done so much cheaper than twenty one million dollars. Mm, like, yeah, one hundred percent. Just like nineteen ninety money, it's like twenty one million. Like damn, yeah, that's a lot. Um, uh, sorry, can I just get something on the record? I, um, it's it wasn't James Newton Howard that worked on Lord of the Rings. I just want to get that clear. <gasps> uh, made a mistake. Made a mistake. I know. Jesus I fucked up. Christ. Uh, James, yeah, I, I was right with King Kong. Um, he worked with Hans Zimmer on Batman Begins. He did Blood Diamond. He worked with Hans Zimmer on Dark Knight, Born Legacy, Hunger Games series. Um, yeah, he's he's pretty fucking good. His, um, his, his, his repertoire actually sounds more impressive the second time around. You start talking about Batman and Hans Zimmer, <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, Newton, Newton Howard's a... He's a fucking beast. Um, mm. I, I can't, Jesus Christ. I can't believe I fucked up the Lord of the Rings thing, but anyway, let's go on. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm a fucking idiot. Well, what what do I even work here? here? Jesus. Uh, what um, I, it's fucking <laughs> amateur. Do what? I'm a fucking amateur. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, basically jumping right in. Um, yeah, this movie does a does a great job with, like we said, the music right off the bat. That that great kind of like angelic choir kind of feel to it, um, and the shots. This kind of leaves me feeling like. Um, the the Exorcist. These opening shots um, with like, and the Exorcist is obviously these these. Uh, religious statues out in the desert on a dig site but i kind of get the same feeling here we've got something that's under construction we've got these large statues looming over everything it really gave me like an exorcist kind of vibe which i, I fucking love that movie i could talk about the exorcist like all day long uh great book I dig too. The connection yeah yeah it's it, it definitely made me like definitely made me feel that way um like watching it and uh, it's kind of got a similar vibe to it as the uh lost boys um have you ever seen lost boys not in a very long time. Like, not I, I can't even remember a sequence or or even what it was about. It's time for me to refresh on that one. I think it's man, it's good. I mean, it's it just a lot of it doesn't hold up, but I mean, it's a good movie. I think it's still on Netflix. Um, which that one's also got Kiefer Sutherland. This is like one of I think six projects they worked together on. They did Phone Booth uh, and Lost Boys. Uh, they've done like quite quite a bit of stuff together. Um, and I, but but yeah, these opening kind of scenes just really got me feeling the uh, really got me feeling the uh, the exorcist kind of vibes. Uh, and this college, I'm like, where the fuck is this college? Like Rome? Like like what kind of college looks like this? <laughs> where, like this what city? I, oh, they're in, uh, where are they? Chicago. Oh, okay, Chi City. Yeah, okay. Um, but still, I'm like, damn, dude. Talk- like, how much is your tuition, bro? Can we also talk about? Why Kiefer Sutherland is dressed like the Unabomber? Dude, okay, you said Unabomber. I said he was like the male Sarah Connor. Like, he's got, like, the trench coat and the circle glasses. And I was like, dude, yes. dude you look like you're auditioning for T1. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> no, that's T2 right there, man. T1's, T1's fucking uh, oh, make, yeah, uh, waitress, waitress Sarah Connor. Yeah, he's, like, because he's got, like, the, he's got, like, this, like, the, like, the kind of, like, Terminator, like, brown overcoat, but then, like, these round yeah. glasses. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This guy looks like he's, like, ex-military, like, casing out a fucking heist or something. <laughs> Um, but I love his first line. I love the first line in the movie, though. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, what is it? Today's a good day to die. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, 
I definitely, I like, we're, we're really, we're introduced to a lot of these uh, characters pretty quickly. We see Keith or Sutherland right away. By the way, if the sun is moving like that, uh, be a little bit more panicked because it's like he's just staring at the sun as it's flying across the sky. Like, uh, it's 90s as shit, man. It's fucking 80s as shit. Dude, I just, I, I wanted to see, I just wanted to see a quick reaction of him like, huh, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> um, why? Why is this happening? Yeah, what's, what's going on? Um, but yeah, and then we're also introduced to Kevin Bacon, who plays David Labratio. Uh Interesting last name. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, right. Like, uh, David Labratio, and then Billy Baldwin's character is Joe Hurley. I was like, oh, all right, well. Um, <laughs> but, um... Uh, but yeah, I uh, let's. I say we just go ahead and get all of these names kind of like out like right now because you know I don't want to yeah. keep calling them Sutherland and 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 Bacon and stuff like that. Um, and I think I think it just helps. You know, it, it, it kind of takes you out of it a little bit when you're constantly saying the actor's name. So we've got Kiefer Sutherland. It's gonna be tough played, for me, man. Yeah, uh, I've, I've only got one viewing of this movie, so yeah. Okay, well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll hold your hand. It's okay. I got you, bud. Um, but Thanks, <laughs> we've got uh, Nelson, who is Kiefer Sutherland, uh, Manis, who is Julia Roberts, uh, Labratio, who is Kevin Bacon, uh, Hurley is Billy Baldwin, and Randy Steckel, who's Oliver Platt, or Oliver Platt is Randy Steckel. Um, but AKA definitely, some, bitch. AKA, AKA the worm. Um, but what I <laughs> what I like is that uh, we're introduced to these 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 characters pretty quickly. We're introduced to Nelson. They were introduced to Labratio, uh in the emergency room. Um, you know, the, so basically, what's going on? I don't, this some, something's wrong with this patient. Uh, you know, obviously, it's it's they're talking way too fast for me to understand any of their medical lingo. Uh, but they bring her back don't there even and try. Yeah, don't even try. Um, and these, you know, basically they're all still in school. Uh, you know, they're, I don't think they're technically allowed to go ahead and start, you know, operating on people or prescribing people stuff. But here we are, you know, we're Kevin Bacon. Um, basically, there's, he's saying there's no time that this woman would have died uh, and performs an unauthorized surgery on her that ends up saving her life. But ultimately, you know, they kind of, you know, they're obviously very pissed off at him. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, like I get it, like you, you are a med student. Like, I don't know about go ahead and jumping into a, like, jumping into a surgery, like right away. Um, but at the same time, you know, she had, had, had he not done it, she'd have died. So it's like, we, we should, we show, you know, we, we kind of show Labratio. This guy is a person who doesn't really, you know, I don't play by the rules, but I mean, when it comes down to, um, saving human life, you know, fuck that. I don't care, dude. Like I'm saving somebody's life. This is why I became, I, I guess he's a surgeon. I assume he's not just a regular like MD. Um, but yeah, we, we move from him <laughs> over to, Randy Steckel, uh, played by Oliver Platt, one of the one of the worst names I've ever heard for a character we're not supposed to like. Um, well, I, th- I think it's kind of like you know he's a stickler, so right. Steckel, right. right? Yeah, like stick, Steckel, stick in the mud. I'm like, okay, 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 I get it, I get it. Um, fuck you, movie. <laughs> fuck you, movie. Um, but yeah, this guy, I mean, he's so fucking full of himself. Uh, you know, coming up with the names for coming up, coming up with these names for his book, uh, Rand, Randall, Randall Stecker, <laughs> Randall Steckle, Genesis of a Young Surgeon. Uh, and I'm like, oh my God, dude. Dick. This guy is eight, eight, uh, eight, 10 dicks. Yeah. Um, this, this lady, uh, that when it, when it cuts back, who's telling the story to Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I was, yeah. oh, sorry. Not, not, not Julia Roberts. Uh, Dr. Rachel Manis. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, 
I was like, where have I seen this woman from? Where have I seen her from? I went through her entire IMDb. She has so many credits. This woman fucking works. Oh, yeah, um, dude. Oh, she's in a shit ton of stuff. Yeah. Among other things. Okay. Number one, she's <laughs> Dwight's babysitter uh, from the office, the US office. Uh, oh, she's yeah. the one who kind of like crashes the dinner party with him. It's fucking mm-hmm. hilarious. And... Okay, and I'm going to call her a bitch because she's Helen from Speed, who is annoying as shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the one that gets uh, blown up while they're kind of like uh, trying to escape, uh, trying to jump over to the, the police fucking vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's fucking annoying as hell in that movie. <laughs> Dude, yeah, and she's in Donnie Darko as well. She's like the next yeah, door. Donnie yeah. tells her to shove the, shove the thing. He told me to forcibly insert the lifeline exercise into my anus like oh dude she and but she's great she's fucking great at playing that character man she's such a bitch yeah um but uh but yeah but the story you know this is what makes this scene even kind of more weird because she's not that character at all she's basically talking about her near-death experience and talking to dr manis uh and you know just telling her that you know she saw a white light and it was one of the most beautiful voices you know she'd ever heard uh, and the story really kind of, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, you know, you're engaged in the story to begin with, but then she says, you know, the voice says that you, you're going to go back, but I'm going to take your baby. It's like, Oh fuck. Like, I mean, it, it kind of jumps, you know, it, it, it jumps up like another two notches on the shit like scale. It's like, Oh fuck. Like I wasn't expecting it to go there. Um, but it's a movie yeah. that shows you right away that we're not afraid to talk about death, death of the old, death of the young. You know, it's death. I was like, oh, wow. You're like, that's OK, cool. You got me. Like, I, I respect you're taking this seriously. You know, we're not just like combing over the parts of death that we don't like to talk about. Like, we're going to talk about it straight up. And, you know, there's I mean, there's like the, the baby who dies. There's, you know, a, a guy who you know shoots himself. There's I mean, there's there's a lot of different variety of it as well, you know, which is which is kind of interesting. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't play to like any religious kind of taboos about suicide or anything like that. It kind of, I like that cause there's, there's not a whole lot of talk of like a lot of religious stuff in this. Uh, they aren't like, well, that's not what the Bible it's says. Definitely that's there, right. Though. right. I mean, they're all, they're all doctors. They're all people of, of science and people of medicine. And, and, um, you know, they just, they put their faith in other stuff than that, which is, which is, which is kind of cool. I, I, I like that personally. Um, but, but yeah, she's basically just going over this, her, these near death experiences. And we hear from the other nurse that's kind of breaking everything up. You know, why are you always asking them about death? You know, and obviously it comes back later. She's very interested because of a personal reason. Um, but that's not revealed to us till much later, but they try to dumb her down like so much on, in this movie, like make her look just so like unattractive. And what's great is that, um, Basically, the character is supposed to be kind of portrayed as kind of like frigid and kind of cold and not very, you know, warm. And and uh, and I think she pulls that off well. And, you know, they could have ditched the glasses and having her hair always pulled back. And she comes across as that kind of like emotionally stunted person very well. She's very reserved. She's really shy um, or not so much shy, but she's just very she chooses her words wisely and doesn't really, you know, she can, she sees through people's bullshit real quick. I got that feeling from her like right away. I was like, okay, like when she's talking to Joe Hurley um, in the scene where they're, when they're slicing into that guy's foot, which was like, kind of like, Ooh, like I kind of like, ah, I don't want to see that. Like when they were cutting into the bottom, that guy's mm, foot. There's like, a bit of that in this. Yeah, I was like, fuck. Um, 
but yeah, he's basically, you know, hitting like hitting on her and saying, I love, you know, I love, I love this exchange, man. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> very, very good. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that the rumors are about you at all, that you're cold and not available and frigid and, and, and um, you know, and, and she's pointing at the organs, you know, you know, uh, saying identify and he identifies it and he pulls back the sheet and shows her the dick he's like identify she's like your brains <laughs> i was like that's a good it's, <laughs> it's good and it's, it's, good it's shit, very man. yeah it's good and it's really it's quick very clever. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're automatically we're already introduced to all five of our main characters uh here we are eight and a half minutes into the movie and they are already talking about what their plans are um and basically this this whole thing has already been set up before they've he's talked to Labracio, he's talked to Manis, uh, he's talked to Steckel, he's talked to, to all of them uh, and Hurley as well as uh, to, to come and be a part of this um, and of course I've got a, I've got a quick I've got a little note quickly yeah um, scaling is such bullshit Dude, yeah yeah, I'm, well, yeah Just, I'm glad you said like, something about that seriously like fucking this this uh I, I, she's a teacher i think she walks in she's like i'm gonna give this many this, this many a's this many b's this many c's d's and f's and like seriously can't you just like grade people <laughs> based on merit anymore like seriously because they do, um i don't know if they do that at like uni uh, but they definitely did it back in high school uh when mm. we were like um doing our big sort of certificate and like I was just like, God, scaling is such bullshit. Like, I mean, why do you have to fall into a certain category? Can't you just be like, Oh, I did great work, so shouldn't I get this grade? Oh, I don't yeah, know. Right. No, that's my I, little. That's my little rant. No, for sure, dude. I I didn't go to college, but for like six months. But if I'd ever seen that, I would have been like, Fuck this, dude. <laughs> like that is bullshit. <sighs> um, it's so unfair. Yeah, that's 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 absolute. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand it's gonna okay. Well, you're gonna try the hardest that you can try, and that's that's great and all. But like, what if we all do the exact same job? What the fuck are you gonna do then? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But um, but yeah, we're we're basically uh, you know, we have this kind of exchange between uh, Steckel and Hurley talking to Nelson, saying, "Yeah, I love Nelson's line. You know, I just I I he just you know I, I can't believe that the people with the ability." Uh, saying something about the people with ability don't have the nerve to do it. I'm like, God, that's that's a good line. He, there's a lot of good dialogue, especially from Nelson in this. Some of it's a little cheesy, you know. It, it's 75-25, but his he's got some really good lines when, um, you know, he's got some really he's got some really good lines when it comes to the more serious stuff. Um, the lines that kind of fall flat are like the 80s ish kind of stuff, you know. Um, but suck um, me. <laughs> but, uh, is that 80s um no but um <laughs> they're uh basically he's told about labratio labratio is going to be this this is the the most preposterous part of this movie that he would be on a four-month suspension um fuck that dude you would be out of that school so fast oh, for that. Yeah. like i mean and i i know I, you know you can grade it, you can grade it with a curve because of what he says, you know, you're the greatest student this school's ever had, you know, blah, blah, blah. And obviously they don't want to get rid of him. And, you know, we're kind of showing, show, you know, showing that he is proficient and that he is intelligent and, you know, that he, that he has the talent. Um, but, you know, I mean, dude, there's just no way. There's no fucking, especially He'd now. He'd be arrested, man. man. He'd be yeah. like fucking tried in the criminal justice system. Yeah, right. You know, especially by today's standards, maybe not in 1990 or 88 or whatever, but, um, yeah, and again, we, there's a good, you know, basically he comes with Labratio. Labratio wants nothing to do with it. Uh, in the previous scene, Steckel and Hurley said that they're both going to come. Um, but Labratio is like, no, I'm out. You know, I'm not doing this. You know, I, I don't want to sit here and watch you kill yourself. Um, and I love, he's like, you know, you burnt your career on a total stranger today, and now you're turning your back on a friend. I was like, damn, like, that's, I mean, that's a good line. I don't necessarily agree with it, but that's that's a, that's yeah. a good line. I, I like that. 
Um, and I love the way that whole conversation ends with him. You know, he's like, what if it worked like that? Oh, that is enough. That isn't, you know, he knows that it's enough for any scientific kind of my medical or whatever. Um, yeah. He knows it's, it's like enough to tempt right? him. Right. It's so great. Like, I mean, um, it's I good mean, shit. I would, it's good shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, he, he would absolutely have me convinced like right off the bat. Um, but then we get some more on Manis. You know, she's she's still you know she's still talking to a patient. I can't I cannot remember this patient's name. She's only in about two scenes. She's uh, um, this. It's really sweet. She's really she's worried about money. Um, about yeah. like when she dies, she's like, "Don't put me into a grave that's over a hundred dollars or something like that." Oh no, on Saturdays, don't yes. don't uh, bury me on Saturdays. And I'm just like, God damn, that's that's, that's your, dark, man. <laughs> those are your last thoughts, like Jesus. Yeah. Um. But and then we uh we we cut to fucking. Billy Baldwin laying some pipe. <laughs> Lay, laying the old Baldwin expressway. Laying some pipe. Um, yeah, this is weird because... <laughs> uh, what camera? <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. Right? Like, because only four people had cameras back then, apparently. Right, yeah. Because, <laughs> like... like, like oh, go yeah. ahead. Oh, no, no, because Sutherland's like, don't be late, don't forget the camera. And, like, everyone has cameras now, and she's like, what camera? Yeah, like right. back then it's like back then it's like oh yeah okay you've got a camera wow you know fucking spread my legs yeah like like this this probably ends up being out of all of the people who have like out of all out of all of them who have done things um like i mean i i, I don't want to say that like what baldwin does is the worst but i mean I mean, his, the, the intent of it, you know, you have Nelson and, you know, he, his was accidental, you know, you, um, you know, you have Labratios who is really just, um, you know, who's, who's really just, you know, a, a pro- his stuff is from when he was a kid. Um, and then you got Julie Roberts and her stuff. is just something from when she was a kid. None of them are like super, super guilty parties except for Baldwin. I'm like, dude, that is some yeah. fucked up shit, man. Like that is super. Fun. Gonna... Oh, good. Oh no. I was just going to say, I've got a quick question. Um, and this this might be me just kind of like falling asleep last night watching this movie. And look, look, that's not that's not an indictment on the quality of the movie. It's really good. Um, does his issue ever get resolved? Like, I mean, I don't somewhat. Recall. I mean, I mean we'll, we'll come up to a part where it definitely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he he definitely. I mean, he gets he kind of gets a comeuppance, but not really, not in the way that the uh, not, not in the way that the rest of them do. But he does kind of, yeah. He does somewhat get his just desserts, but well, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't really atone for it, though. Like, no, no, um, he like just, the other like the others do. Right, he only feels bad because he gets caught. You know, he doesn't. I mean, he and he, he he feels bad when he starts seeing them everywhere and starts seeing all of the stuff. And I think we do see some a little bit of regret from him when he's about to go under for the first time, and he's just talking to her, saying, "You know, we should have got married earlier on in the summer," and blah blah blah. Mm. And I think, but even that, I think it's just him saying, "I'm afraid I'm about to die," and that's the only reason why I'm feeling anything is when I'm about to lose something. Is when now now is when I'm sorry for everything. Um, and I think that's, I mean, that's kind of the whole point of the movie, you know, it's like, there's, here's all these things that we, except for really Manus, that we weren't really sorry about that we thought were over with and that we put away in our past, but we still have to atone for them. Um, but no, it doesn't ever really come around like all the way. He doesn't quite get his just desserts, but, um, but yeah, he, he especially is like fucking super creepy, man. Like out of out of everything that's going on, I was like, dude, you're the most fucked up out of everybody here. Like, there's something wrong with you, man. Um, but um, but yeah, th- th- at this point, let me ask you: Would you do it? Would you flatline? 
Um, no, 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 uh, no I wouldn't. And I'll tell I'll tell you why. Um, number one, there's no because I was thinking about this. I was actually going to ask you this as well. Um, there's no guarantee of you coming back, right? Mm-hmm. If there was a guarantee of me coming back, I'd fucking come back. Right, right. Number two, number two, what would be the point? Like, it doesn't answer anything. Like, you'll, I guess you'll experience what it is like on the other side, but it's not permanent. Like, you don't kind of get to experience that forever. And then, like, when you come back, number three, you'll be asking so many questions. You'll be like, what was that? Uh, you know, what, what was the meaning of this? What was the meaning of that? Um, you know, that's, that's, that's all you'll be kind of thinking about. So, uh, like, I, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> um, and, and, like, that's, that's another thing I like about this movie. Um, sorry, I'll ask you in a sec as well what you whether you would as well. But I like that um, it's kind of saying that death should be respected. Um, really, sure. really much like Final Destination, except Final Destination does it in a stupid way. <laughs> like, it's really fucking on the nose. Uh, whereas this is like, you know, death Death is a, it's a, it's a thing. It's something that should be respected and should be given... Um, should be given the the deserved weight that it needs because it's a it's an aspo- it's an absolute it's a final thing it's it's something that you know shouldn't be taken lightly it's not something that we can delve into for a few minutes and then come back out of it it's something that should be experienced once and once only and forever right yeah uh, it's, not, it's yeah. not something you should like fucking play chicken with you know Right, exactly. You're not. You're playing with fire here, right? Uh, but right. yeah, would you? Would you flatline? I, I, I get. I, I feel like from my response that you would. Yeah. Oh no, I would definitely flatline. Um, <laughs> and like, and it's like, like you said, there's no, there's, there's no absolute guarantee. Um, but I mean, the, the 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 chances are pretty pretty good in your favor. I mean, as long as you're like, you know, because it's it's self induced. I think if it's something like you just start shutting down, you know, unless they're going to give you a brand new heart, like, or a brand new brain or brand new, whatever it is that you need. Um, you know, you're not really going to be bouncing back from that. Um, but I think that, um, I, th- I think that, um, yeah, the, the temptation to do it is too great. I would, I would have to, cause I've had, um, you know, I, I've read a lot, you know, about uh, like a lot of different religions and uh, watched a lot of debate debates between like what, some people call like the four horsemen of the apocalypse of like atheism. You know, it's like Sam Harris and Christopher Hitchens and Richard Dawkins and Daniel Dennett. And I've watched them debate a lot of people and I've seen, you know, you know, and, and strictly because I was raised in a, in a very like religious household. So I, like, I, I always wanted to see the other side of that. So I've, I've had an upbringing of a certain type of belief, but now as an adult, I have a totally different, type of belief system so it's like for me i would almost like the temptation would be too much because i've seen so many different people you know spend so much of their time trying to figure out what happens and ultimately do i do i really think that this tells you what happens after you die i don't even know if i believe that because um you know there's there's like it's like Labratio says you know yeah you were dead for five minutes but like you still have you know neurons firing through your brain you have like activity going on so that's not necessarily saying that you know um that you were dead and you saw afterlife and then came back it's not like getting thrown in the deep end and then getting pulled right back out there's a chance you might have never even been in the deep end you know you, you don't really know um but i was reading about because it got me interested what is the longest amount of time anybody has ever stayed dead? 
and was like brought back, you know, brought back and resuscitated back to life. One of the first things that pulled up was a woman. She was dead for 17 hours. Holy I don't under- shit. I don't understand how. Was, I just read it in the Telegraph. I guess it happened in England. Um, but they said that her vitals were dropping down to less than 10%. She had no heart rate. She had no blood pressure. Uh, she had no pupil dilation. There was no breathing, nothing. And they said 17 hours later, like her heart just started beating again. And she was, I was like, wow, that, that's fucking crazy. So like, that's why sometimes I doubt, you know, what I, what I really thought that I reached like the, the quote unquote, the other side, I don't really know, you know, because it could just be something going on in your brain this whole time. And I think that's interesting to bring up as well. Like, do we think that they really see like, you know, the other side of things? Do we really think that they see that? Or are these just things that they've locked up in their memory and for whatever reason, fly? Cause you know, everybody says your life always flashes before your eyes. I'm like, well, what if these people kind of like are- a subconscious thing? Yeah, like there, I don't think it's any coincidence that coincidence that it's some of the most traumatic events for most of them. Um, and there's probably still, you know, when you, I'm sure when you're, you know, when you, the whole of your life is flashing before you and you're dying, you know, you remember those things and they bother you. And you realize, man, I've like kind of like with Manis and her older patients, she's like, you know, I've got so many people I've got to talk to and I've got stuff, I've got unfinished business basically. And that's what a lot of it seems like more so than it's like, yeah, I've, I've reached the other side, blah, blah. It's more like, no, this thing has tapped into some kind of unfinished business that I have. Um, well, and I don't know, the movie never expressly says like, yes, I've seen, you know, I saw God or I saw heaven or hell or whatever. It's really more so about, you know, for whatever reason, they start flatlining and they have to pay for these. It kind of gets away from the point of the movie in a way. It kind of gets away from you know what they're really because this other problem arises and they have to atone for that kind of stuff and maybe you can say that's just the kind of price you pay for fucking with that kind of stuff like it's like god kind of maybe throws you a curveball and lets you know that you're you know you're playing in the wrong field i don't know i think it's kind of open for interpretation but it's it's definitely something interesting but i mean do you what do you think do you think that they're flatlining and seeing you know what's on the other side or do you think it's just like some kind of chemical release or what um i th- i think the it's it's tough I, it, it is tough because like you know obviously we've got no point of reference right right um, yeah so i th- i think they're kind of like thinking about their the the biggest their, their biggest wrongs in life if that mm-hmm. makes sense um so they're they're thinking about things that that they've questioned um that they've done uh that they like before they die they really haven't had a chance to kind of make up for mm-hmm. um it, it's funny actually because i was like while i was watching this um you, you know i'm a big kevin smith fan right oh, um yeah. he he had a heart attack not too long ago um and he talked about how um you know he was like as he was dying he was filled with like a sense of calm um and that he he like you know this might all just be bullshit but like smith is so he's always so um uh genuine that i'm always kind of tending to believe him so um he talks about how um you know he he always assumed that when he died he'd die screaming like his dad because his his dad died of a massive heart attack Mm. um but he was like, no, I was filled with like a sense of calm. I had a great life. I was loved by parents who raised me uh, to become the individual I am. You know, he had a great family. He had a great career. So he he says, um, you know, he was 
content with a lot of things with everything um and he didn't really have anything that he was really sorry for and then he'd kind of like put in a joke except for that movie because that was shit (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah like um I, i think that kind of goes to what you're saying um you know he he kind of like obviously this is a real world example and this is just a movie um he didn't really have anything that he was really sorry for and didn't really get to kind of make up for um so mm-hmm. therefore he was kind of filled with a sense of calm yeah i i, I and i think also it's you know a, a lot of them have guilt over stuff um uh, but and and you know most of them are trying to make wrong or make right things that they wrong but that's really not the case with mcmanus you know or manis sorry i keep on yeah. saying i'm thinking boondock saints i keep on to say mcmanus um that's mm-hmm. not really the case with manis you know she basically she, I, I i i guess that kind of puts a pin in that because it's like she's basically being contacted from the other side saying no it's okay like it's all right it's not your fault like blah 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 or you know it could just be her brain telling her what she wants to hear i, I don't know and i think it's i think it's interesting you know the movie is i think looking at it a way more of a, it's a paranormal kind of thing um but i think you know it's like the scenes with um of uh nelson with the with the billy billy mahoney uh you know when they walk in and he's kind of just beating the shit out of himself and it's the kid's not even really there it's like well is he really being yeah, attacked that's or- kind of like a fuck club thing right because i was like i was like really confused i was like okay so he's probably beating himself uh, uh yeah. kind of like a fuck club situation right yeah exactly so is it just is it just it so nothing's really attacking you it's just maybe this thing has woken you up to a point where you realize you know this has always been it's kind of like something stuck in your teeth that you just never really got out but either way the 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 debate's still out but um yeah but we need to move on (laughs) we've spent so much time on this (laughs) yeah for the sake of the movie it's a it becomes a paranormal thing and blah 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 or whatever but tell Mm, us you know if you guys listen it's fun yeah tell us what you think you know shoot us an email or whatnot but but either way um moving on we get um we get steckle and hurley uh showing up at the hospital um you know there's uh, there's nelson there waiting you know say don't turn on the lights you're gonna alert security uh um, now colin yeah i i had a massive massive problem with one massive aspect of this this scene mm-hmm. uh let's see if you can guess what it was mm, i don't know I, i'm not i'm not i'm not like because there's there's so many things especially between hurley and steckle it's like mm-hmm. uh i don't i don't i'm betting it's something between the two of them but i don't know no not really uh it's into, it's just kind of like a logical thing nelson mm. gives uh steckle a letter absolving him of the kind of well technically assisted suicide mm-hmm. um and and obviously you know steckle says eventually later you know this this isn't gonna work like this isn't this isn't gonna absol- absolve me um <laughs> Are you ready? For, are you ready for me to get lawyer on you? I'll get lawyer on my ass, son. Okay, so this is going to work in New South Wales only. So sorry, guys. New South Wales, Australia, uh, Crimes Acts, uh, nineteen hundred. Uh, New South Wales, Section 31C, a person who aids or abets the suicide or attempted suicide of another person shall be liable to imprisonment for ten years. Damn. Okay. So, so there you go. In black and white. Black and fucking white. You can't just give someone a letter and say, hey, uh, <laughs> you know, you're not in trouble because I wanted to die. That's, no, that doesn't apply. Right, and I'm yeah. sure, you know, that that's obviously only our state, but um, we're not like the United States where, um, 
your laws are kind of radically different and vary from state to state. Our ones are mostly all the same, mostly. So, mostly. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. But um, Fun fact. Yeah, fun fact. The more you know. The um, more you know. But yeah, yeah. Basically, they, uh, you know, and Labricio is a no-show. Julia Robert, or sorry, not Julia Roberts, Doctor Manis is a no-show. Um, yeah, the, and those are really the two better doctors between all five of them. Those two are really kind of the best. Um, and you know, he's yeah. We well, man, you know, we need Labricio. We need Manis to do this. Well, we're going to do it without him. And it's like, okay, well, you're obviously not. It's like this is. This is way more of a of a personal thing for for Nelson, you know. At least it at least it feels that way. It's not really, you know, it, it's it's kind of like a a conquest idea, you know. It's like something that he wants to he wants to be famous for, but at the same time, um, it it does really seem like something that he you know once once figured out, you know. But I, I I can't really tell. You would think that it would be more so of like a Julia Roberts thing, or or Doctor Manis' thing, where there's a personal reason behind it, but there's really not a big personal reason behind it. He's just curious, I guess. Um, and so he's, he's going to be the first one to go, uh, right before he's about to go under, you know, boom, there's Julia Roberts who shows up. I love the line. He's like, okay, you give me 20 CC or 10 CCs of adrenaline. And then you bring me back up. She's like with brain damage resembling something like a cabbage patch kid. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck. Um, that's always, I like that line. Did you, do you guys have cabbage, cabbage patch kids in Australia? Yeah, we do. They're fucking weird. Oh, okay. Well, it's Australian. I'm sure it is. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, hilarious. <laughs> oh, I'm sure shooting. they can kill you somehow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they. Yeah, they have like eight different types of poison in them. Um, but yeah, basically, I, and I can't sit here and give you the whole scientific rundown of what they're doing. Uh, but basically, they're dropping the body temperature down quite low. They're giving him uh, some knockout gas, and they eventually, you know, just kind of like shock him dead to the point where his, you know, his heart stops and there's no activity. Now, the first time that we're going here, uh, he's gonna he's only going to be going for one minute. Um, and yeah, they're trying to, they're still trying to talk him out of it, even while it's going on. I, I love, um, basically, yeah, Steckle and Hurley want nothing to do with this. You know, I did not come to medical school to kill my, to kill my classmates. And, and I love Hurley. I, you know, I don't want this on my transcript. I was like, really? That's what you're worried about? Your fucking transcript right now? Like, like to this be guy, fair, he's probably me in that situation. Yeah. I don't want this on my transcript. Yeah. It's like, dude, no, nah, nah, I don't want this. I might need to get a job later. Um, but yeah, and I love Julia Roberts just like, well, now I see why I'm here. You know, basically she, you know, he, she's going to do it. She knows, she, he knows that she will. Uh, and obviously she's the one with the most personal, um, you know, obviously has the most personal reason for going and doing this stuff. Um, but what's, what's great is that basically Steckel tries to run out and as he's running out, he's like, someone's coming and it's the Bracio. Here comes Kevin Bacon. Coming in, coming in to save the day. Uh, I think this guy is the—he's probably the best out of all of them. Um, like, I mean, as far as they even say, he's the best student the college has ever had. So obviously, he's—you know—he's the most—you uh, know—he's the most talented between them. Um, and uh, and basically, you know, they're they're bringing him back after a minute. Um, but uh, or, yeah, what what I love what, what I love what's what's going on in the scene where they shock him uh, are is kind of like the visions that are going on in Nelson's head. They're really colorful and are just like that opening shot of that field as they're flying through it. Uh, that's, that's, that's such a good shot, but juxtaposed with that, we've got Hurley with his camera capturing all of this in like really grainy black and white. Uh, and I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. I was like, there's something neat going on here that like, it's you know, like, it's showing 
kind of like you know the the, the yeah, I guess the death can be a beautiful thing and like he's you know here here's this been kind of this guy kind of been questioning about it uh, and it ends up being like this really this this really beautiful thing um, but yeah what did you think about the first time they sent him under uh, I thought it was a uh, it was. It was effective. I mean, it was it was effective in making me feel like how they wanted to to feel like, um, like holy shit, this is a really amazing kind of moment. You know, this is like otherworldly, but it's uh, I'm happy. Like it's a it's a happy place to be. Like this looks like heaven. Like there's a fucking there's a dog going through the field. They're playing with their little what is it a kite? They're playing with kites running through the field. I think. Um, yeah, like ribbons and stuff. Yeah, like ribbons and shit, like whatever, you know, 80s kids used to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like obviously come to find out that the dog, uh, you know, unfortunately bites the dust. By the way, send this guy to hell for killing the dog, not the kid. I don't give a shit about the kid. Like, you know, you kill the dog. That's fucking yeah. you're dead to me. Yeah, that's um, yeah, obviously. That's one, that one yeah. is way more important than the other. Um. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was really effective, man. Um, it was really effective uh, for the movie to kind of show you that um, they think that this is really good. Um, this is like going under is a really good and ethereal and like a really crazy, awesome experience. Um, come to find out that, you know, their past is going to come back to kind of haunt them because they went under. It's, 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 it's a cool way for the movie to do that and not kind of have the horror like right up front. Right. Yeah. You kind of, uh, yeah, it's, you, you, you've gotten, you, you've opened kind of like a bit of a Pandora's box. You don't really know everything that's in there. It's, it's kind of like the stories that you hear, you know, where there, there's a deal with the devil. It's not always, there's always a catch to it. You know, that's not, there's, it's not always going to be exactly what you, what you think you bought. Um, but yeah. And I, I love, um, yeah, like I just I love those. There's a really really good shot too, right when they flatline them and they're panning around the room, um, and they capture everything. They start on Billy Baldwin, you know, as Doctor Hurley, and just rotate all the way around onto Steckel, and then onto uh, onto Labratio, and then onto Manis. It's like one all one shot. It's great. It just revolves around the room, kind of ca- ca- kind of ca- catching their reactions as he's flatlining, which is fucking really really cool. I love that shot. It's so good. Um, but yeah, they, they bring him back. Um, yeah, they're, you know, just a lot of medical, 20 cc's of this, you know, clear and blah, 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 you know, and that's what makes it so exciting, uh, about this is a, we don't know what the fuck. Most of us don't know what the fuck is going on. We have no idea what they're talking about, but, um, but yeah, they did actually train with quite a bit of, uh, medical staff, ER staff, um, the Peter, um, uh, Oh God, the writer of this movie, Peter Filardi, uh, he actually did have quite a bit of emergency medical knowledge and researched really heavily into it to make sure that what they were saying was as close to accurate as possible. I mean, obviously there's going to be some kind of jump because, you know, we're not, we're talking a little bit of, not really science fiction, but it stretches, it stretches, you know, uh, there's a little bit of fiction in the science, but it's not a hundred percent like a science fiction movie, which I think is cool. It, it, it kind of runs a weird line between like thriller horror sci-fi ish kind of thing it does yeah it does really skirt the line of like different genres which is really interesting 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, they end up reviving him. Of course, where's the first place they take him? Fucking Chinatown for whatever reason. Uh, I would want to go <laughs> fuck home and get in a bath and rest. Yeah. Um, fucking but sleep. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to fucking, let's go to fucking Chinatown and get some Kevin Bacon's drinking fucking orange juice in the store. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they're asking him, you know, did you feel any sense in, you know, Oliver Platt, did you feel any, uh, sensations? You know, was there, uh, you know, was it hot? Was it, you know, was it cold? Um, you know, was there a light out there? He's like, no, 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 there's just nothing out there. He's like, I didn't, you know, I know there's something out there, but it's nothing like that. You can't break it down to the specifics. I know there was something out there. Um, and, you know, they're telling him that he walked on the moon, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, all right, guys, let's give him some air. Let's, you know, get him some fluids. I love how he puts that. But this scene, um, you know, this, the, this whole scene kind of wound up spurting off a lot more into the second one. Uh, where he's like, you know, can you hear the traffic? And he's like, yeah, I can hear it. He's like, underneath that, there's a, a low hum and it's lights. I can hear them. He's like, I, I, I can feel them. And I was like, I, I love this scene with, with Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, he just, he seems like. Uh, he's great, yeah. Yeah, it's like a kid. He's just kind of like out, out of it a little bit as well. Yeah, he's, it's like it's like he just came off of an acid trip or something. Um but but yeah, basically his senses are just like overloaded, and this is something that becomes way more prominent in the second one. They kind of take this and run with it. I didn't really think that was necessary. I just think it's cool that we get just a brief mention of it here. Um, and you know, Labrachio obviously doesn't believe him. Tells him that his prognosis is great. You know, other than the fact that he was just dead twenty minutes ago, <laughs> and uh, jokes with him. Um, and, uh, you know, Nelson just kind of says, you're not buying any of this, are you? And I hate this part. Kevin Bacon's just like, hey, man, I'm an atheist. You know, I, dude, I don't need to, like, <laughs> show me that. Don't just tell me that. Like, yeah. there's a yeah. there's a way to do that. Like, I can, I can, yeah, I, I, can, I can get most of the stuff about these characters. Like, I could see, you know, I, I, I could figure that out about you eventually. But, um, yeah. They're that's, uh, that's, 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 um, suit me up, Uncle Alfred. Schumacher <laughs> fucking... Coming oh, yeah. in right there. Oh my god! Um, god, Did I you just throw up in your I mouth was, a little bit. I was like, "Fucking Alfred!" I was like, "Oh wait, wait, Batman!" Sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, basically they start a pissing contest on who was going to be going next. Um, we've got uh, Doctor Hurley and Doctor Manis kind of bidding back and forth. You know, I'll be I'll go a minute and twenty seconds. I'll go a minute and a half. Are you two so crazy that you're just so tragically competitive that you would gamble with your own lives? Um, I love Ste- I love Steckle in these scenes because he is the voice of reason, but he still is like he wants to play. He's kind of like I want to play ball, but I don't want to get hurt. And it's like, dude, that's what I, I I fucking do not respect about him at all. Like he wants to be there and be a part of it and have his claim to fame with this and say that he he's recorded all of this, but he doesn't want any like any part of it and at one point he does say you know i haven't decided if i want to go yet you know maybe i will maybe i won't i don't really know and he he never ends up going but that's one of the reasons why he's very detestable in this is he never goes under there but he's always so highly critical of it um which i get it you know they ask him to come and be a part of it but you know and but i love they eventually say something to him you know it's like well maybe you would know if you were there but you haven't gone there yet you know you want to be a part of this but you're too like chicken to do it basically um which i get it you know who there's not a lot of people out there that are fucking just like yeah sure strap me up dude i'm ready to go um i I would fucking do it yeah like like me and you look at us like we're like 50 50 right yeah right it's like no i would i would definitely go i asked uh i asked my my girlfriend's brother lee i was like would you do it would you flatline he's like oh fuck yeah absolutely (laughs) like immediately he's like no yeah absolutely i would do it um 
So I'd be interested. Yeah, and if you're listening to this episode, tell us if you would. Tell us if you would flatline. I'm curious. Like, might not, maybe even put up a little poll after this when the episode comes out and see see how many people would actually flatline or not. That'd be interesting to get get a take on. But um, but either way, yeah, they start talking about you know Hurley's going to be the next one. Um, we've got McManus out in the alleyway, or not McManus. Uh, we've got Nelson out in the alleyway uh, by himself, and there's this first kind of glimpse of. What will almost be, and I say they overuse it, but it does look great. It's this blue light effect. Um, it's it looks really great, but by the end of the movie, they have beat it to fucking death. Um, Holy shit, so have they, man? Seriously, so I, uh, many. I looked up. I looked up some like kind of like little insights and shit like that. Apparently, blues like kind of like supposed to tell you that good things are ha- are about to happen, and like orange slash red is like the sort of nefarious stuff and mm-hmm. like yeah they totally beat this movie to a pulp with that with those colors man like holy shit right and what's cool though is they flipped the script whereas you know um uh, dr manis is the only one who's really seen a lot of stuff in red but hers is not something out to hurt her or make her you know feel bad or physically you know harm her it's just really it's a very forgiving kind of embrace whereas when the blue comes up in this movie it's billy mahoney and it's uh, it's yeah, it's uh that it's the girl that tortures um it's the girl that, that tortures uh Labratio. or with hurley it's the women all in the stairs as you're coming up to his apartment all that's in blue so they kind of pull a psych out on you where the blue is supposed to be calming it's actually starting to get kind of frightening now um but yeah he's basically sitting on the back of the truck sees these this great graffiti in the background starts to um starts to pop up and sees this dog uh i believe the dog's name is champ and I'm not sure. Is this the is this the boy that he uh, that that he's seeing Billy Mahoney? Is that his dog, or is this Kiefer Sutherland's dog? Um, I assumed it's Mahoney's dog. Okay, because I, I wasn't quite sure. Because he's very, you know, he's he's like champ. Like he like it's almost like wait, you know, he's very interested. In, almost like it's his dog. Oh yeah, maybe he knows. Uh, I don't know actually. Fuck. Now that you bring it up. Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, I guess it's Mahoney's because that's, you know, it ends up kind of leaving with him towards the end. But yeah. either way, uh, the dog's dead. And I'm not fucking happy about that. I just got a dog like 48 hours ago and I'm very dog sensitive about stuff now. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, we we get this brief kind of scene and this kind of ominous feeling. Now we're getting a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, we're setting up, you know, this excellent use of the color blue until about an hour later when they've used it a hundred times. Um, but it does look great. Uh, just if they used it a little bit more sparingly, it would have been just fantastic. But they use it so much, even in scenes where they're just driving down the road and you know the streetlights are hitting them, but the streetlights are all fucking blue for some reason. I don't I don't understand, but. Um, but either way, yeah, we kind of get a look in on, uh, Hurley and what Hurley's life is like. Uh, we see him talking to, to his, uh, I guess his fiance, uh, talking on the phone. Yeah. And she's a smoke show. Really? You think so? I, I, I'd say so. Smoke show. Okay. Noted. Uh, Can we, (laughs) can we get that? Can we get that noted? Um, Let's, let's, uh, get that on the record, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's basically just talking to his fiance, talking about how they wish they'd gotten married last summer. And he's kind of giving her, you know, being a little ominous himself, kind of being a little cryptic. You know, if anything were to ever happen to me, blah, blah, blah. And this is totally going to come back later. This is going to come back and bite him in the ass. Um, Fun but, fact, she plays um, she plays Tony Stark's mother in Civil War. Oh, shit. Okay, cool. I did not know that. Yeah. That's a little, little trivia. Um, a little trivia? 
Yeah, but um, but, but yeah, basically, yeah, we got we got we got Hurley uh, dreaming about tits and ass. Yeah, right. And like, I mean, it fits with his character. It, it does. Like, it does. I get it. Um, but it, yeah, it, it is kind of it, it is really odd. Um, yeah, just basically, you see all these different women. You see nurses. You know, you see uh, what looks like various girls. You know, there's like. Uh, there's like a real young girl about 10 years old who was probably like maybe his first kiss and first love. And then it's it, the camera kind of pans up to an older girl who's like 13 or 14 or 15. But, you know, and like there's 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 some cool stuff. Like I was kind of putting some stuff together. I was like, OK, so we're going from like this might have been, you know, when you were nine or 10, this might have been when you were 13 or 14. And then there's just it just keeps going and going and going and going. And you're like, OK, this dude has fucked a lot of people. Um <laughs> <laughs> like this 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 guy like is, his his dick is ready to fall off yeah right it's, this guy is worn out yeah. uh, i would hate to see this guy's fucking history like on his computer like oh my god um <laughs> but like I, I love later like when he's going up the stairs it's like every fucking it's every kind of girl you can imagine like there's like an asian girl in there like oh, you dude, know yeah. what i mean there's like there's like midgets and and, yeah. and fucking he's like not, elves and all types yeah of shit. he's not he's not biased man like he's uh uh, you know, he treats them equally. You know, it's equal equal rights. Yeah, he treats them all like shit. Um, oh boy, but, unsubscribe one star. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I I love the shot of Julia Roberts as her hands come down. You know, it, it kind of transitions from left to right on the screen, going from black and white to to having the color back in. I love the way that looks. But basically, uh, Nelson is having trouble reviving him. Just starts wailing on him in the chest, and they kind of have to shove him off. And, you know, there's Kevin Bacon kind of bailing him out, or sorry, Labratio bailing him out. Um, and he's now gone for a little bit further than Nelson, just by 30 seconds. Um but um, but yeah, they're they're basically you know n- another successful one. Um, yeah, now they're all now they're all really starting to to itch to go. And yeah, they're asking Hurley about his experience. He's saying, well, it's you know it's 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 erotic. You know, God, even when this guy's dead, he gets laid. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 not 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 like sexually or even wanting wantingly erotic. But it just felt very feminine like something feminine was guiding me and i was like okay cool i kind of like that like uh, it totally bites him in the ass later but you can see why for him you know it's like it's it's a very it's a very feminine kind of thing um but they're all just uh you know at, at this restaurant obviously the last people there what a bunch of fucking assholes what i wrote down these people are there it's like probably two o'clock in the morning this place has yeah, all the chairs stacked up they're like please go home i have three kids <laughs> please this fucking old lady is like, just, just please go home, leave us alone. I, I dude, I totally expected her to walk by and just chuck a like a set of keys at them and be like, lock the door when you leave, <laughs> like fuck off. <laughs> don't let, don't let the door smack your ass on the way out. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but um, but yeah, there's yeah, God, there's there's Steckle talking about uh, yeah, we have finally found something upstage with fucking baby boomers, you know, and going on in this whole rant about how we conquered space in the West and we conquered you know ourselves, you know, like we we tried religion and philosophy. Um, but I love that woman comes up, tells him to watch their mouths, and there's Hurley. I, you know, he's like, I died tonight. He's like, Oh yeah, it doesn't surprise me. We had Elvis in here yesterday. <laughs> I was like, That's fucking great. That's a good line. <laughs> back to him. Good line for sure. Um, but they're just asking questions. Did you find it difficult getting back at the end? He's like, No, you know, not really. Not from what I can remember. And, you know, there's Labratio. Labratio is the skeptic of all of this. Uh, you know, he's like, Oh yeah, you don't remember coming back. Do you remember everything else though? Right? He's like, I'm not buying any of this. You guys are full of shit. Uh, and of course, he's going to be the one that's kind of 
of the the doubter. You know, he's going to be the one that's that's more critical of this as the as the atheist. Um, which I you know I, I kind of would have liked to have seen one of them be religious, so there would be kind of a more balanced thing where like there's some dichotomy kind of thing, yeah. right? Yeah, somebody to kind of because uh, you know we never really get into the belief systems of these characters, which is not super important, but it would would have been nice to see one of them be moderate, moderately religious, have some I kind think, of like monotheistic yeah, view. I, I think I think it's best that they kind of left it out. Actually, um, like really? I, I can see them becoming really preachy with it. Um, yeah, I mean, like. You know, actually, you know what? I do agree that you know now that they have Labratio's kind of um, kind of um, atheist is like someone to counterbalance that would be good. But I think they kind of they should have just left like uh, Labratio's thing just out of it, the the atheism, um, or even just kind of in- interpretative instead of so kind of like in, in your face, mm-hmm. um, because like especially with the closing shot with God, the the image of God. Um, it's just it's just really kind of in your face, and I could have done without it. But I mean, like I I know I get how, you know, when you talk about death and like you know all these belief systems and things like that, I get how that kind of conversation could come into it. So I, I get I get the I get what they're doing. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what's interesting, you talked about that image of God at the very end of it. Um, I interpreted that completely differently. I thought that was it, uh, obviously looks like the top of the Sistine Chapel. Um, uh, but it made me think there's a guy right underneath him and in his hand, there's fire. And I was like, Oh, Prometheus, like Prometheus who stole fire from Zeus and brought it to man. And, you know, basically he took the power of God and gave it to man. And that's kind of what these, what these kids sweet are doing. Jesus. Like I didn't even fucking get that. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's mainly cause I, I read a quote where I can't remember who it was, but said, they basically said that flatliners is like Frankenstein in reverse. It's kind of like instead of bringing back to life, we're killing people, you know. And I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting, and it is kind of like playing God with life and death. Um, you know, whether with that, I mean, that could just be something from you know, not even from Greek mythology. It could totally be from Christianity, but that's what it looked like to me, at least. And if that's not the image, it doesn't matter. It's it definitely still holds up. It's definitely we definitely get the feeling of you know the prometheus and stealing the fire stealing stealing this thing and giving it to man but also it ended up being like a double-edged sword you know it's good for you but it's also bad at the same time you you probably shouldn't have this like kind of thing um but we get another bidding war you know there's julia roberts and she's saying that she wants to go for about a minute 50 and um yeah it's so funny because um uh, oh God, Labratio, uh, as Labratio is talking, you know, he's like, I don't think any, you know, she's like, I'm going next. No, nobody is going next. He's like, this is blah, blah, blah. And of course, you know, this is where we kind of get the first indications that he's got some kind of feelings for her because as soon as she starts talking about wanting to go, he trumps her, he trumps her number. He basically bids more. Um, and that, I think we're starting to see that he's got some kind of feelings of her that he, he's only going because he doesn't want her to be hurt. He doesn't want anything to happen to her. Um, and we get a nice scene between the two of them as they're walking on and she's saying, you don't have to protect me. You know, why are you doing this? Uh, you know, what's with this fix- fixation of death? You know, it's not a fixation. It's just a curiosity. Uh, and it's, it's a good scene between the two of them. It, it, it helps because uh, it kind of pays off when their relationship blossoms more towards the end. It seems a little bit more warranted. Uh, I, I do like that. Um, but basically they all, uh, they all break for the night. I love, he's like, Hey, can I walk you home? Nope. 
and she just walks off. I'm like, fucking good for you. And she's because he's, he's he's going this like old school route of chivalry and trying to you know like let, you know she's like, no, I want to do this. Like this is not about you protecting me. This is something that I have to do, and, and I'm going to do it eventually. Um, I, but I think that's great. Her just being like, no, nah, I'm good. Bye, see you, dude. Um, but <laughs> everybody kind of goes their separate ways and there's a great shot of Nelson. He goes in the street and lights that cigarette and all of those bikers just go whining right past him. But it's so weird. It's like, they don't even, they don't have to move, but none of them even react to him being in the middle of the street. They just, he just, they just zip with him right in between them. Like that is fucking, it's, and it's a great shot too. It's really, really eerie when you see it from overhead like that. Um, but it's a really good shot. And he basically takes a, it looks like he takes takes a shortcut through crime alley in gotham i don't know what the fuck this place is <laughs> fucking um, thomas and martha wayne just getting gunned down <laughs> yeah right this looks like 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 the backdrop of oliver twist like i didn't know what the fuck was going on just this just this awful alley but um and this is really effective you know when she's like you know because in the end nelson you know we all know what we've done and it's like dude if somebody on the street some random lady like that said my name i'd be like all right who the fuck are you like why do you know my name like that shit would scare the hell out of me man like somebody coming out and just saying your name you've never seen this person like oh that that honestly got me the first time i saw it because i was like okay the scares in this are not you know they're not yeah. really the scariest thing in the world but that to me would be pretty fucking terrifying you know, have this random wretched homeless woman <laughs> oh my god saying your name like ugh, that would scare the hell out of me um but yeah, as we as we move on, you know, we've got Nelson kind of falling in again. This blue light comes over. He starts following the dog, uh, and I love I love I mean I love the way it looks as he's walking around. All these light bulbs hanging down, and he just turns that pillar, and boom, there's Billy Mahoney. And it's like, oh shit, you know. And and we don't know who that is. And he's kind of like, kid, are you lost? Like, what's going on? You know. And but I think deep down he knows who it is like he might he's trying to realistically play it off but i have a very strong feeling like that he's like uh that kid looks mighty familiar and i think that's why he's hesitant to come up to the kid and he's like hey are you all right you know like as a doctor you would think he would rush to the kid and hey what's wrong like where are your parents blah blah but he's very hesitant of of this kid um and for right for good fucking reason this kid has like the strength of four or five people apparently he fucking kicks fucking nut shot <laughs> dude yeah he he kicks old keeper's ass man like it's it's it, and that that's again something that kind of terrifies me like imagine a kid that's fast you know faster than you and then they you know because <clears throat> you know just just little kids i mean they can take off and fucking be gone especially like a 10 or 12 year old kid it's obviously going to be faster than my fucking my fucking big ass um but this kid has the strength just to fucking rock you with these punches and stuff and i was like man that's that's honestly kind of scary to me man like thinking of this this little kid who can who has the speed and the strength to fuck your shit up like it seems like something so odd to be afraid of but then you kind of like i definitely started understanding his fear later on in the movie when he's just like terrified to even be alone because this kid is just beating the fuck out of him um and you know it's debatable about whether billy mahoney ever even existed or this is just something that's going on in nelson's mind because there is kind of evidence to support what we were talking about earlier not to go into that for another 20 minutes like we did but the, the, the this there's that kind of evidence to support like is this in his mind like what's going on i, I think that'd be interesting if just to hear somebody else chime in on would be awesome um but yeah, basically, you know, um, uh, Nelson gets the fuck beat out of him, and uh, we're watching. We're watching uh, Manus and Hurley as they're coming up to the school, talk about what happened the night before. 
And immediately there's Hurley trying to get laid again with this girl. I believe her name's Terry. I think that's I think that's her name is Terry. Um, but she's, she's got a few. Uh, she's got a few screws loose. Uh, yeah, and she supposedly had some near-death experience. Um, and basically, he's filming all of these women because he's getting married and he wants to have one last sex- sexual a- a- escapade, um, which is, I mean, whatever. That's that's fucking dumb. But but uh, <laughs> it's fucking it, retarded, man. Like seriously, you are a creep. Yeah, like you know uh, what I mean. Yeah, that's like level weird. eleven creep, man. Like that, go to DefCon Five. <laughs> like what the fuck? Um, but launch I, the I, nukes. Yeah, <laughs> launch him. We have the best nukes ever. Um, but but I, I, I love this as uh, as he's talking to the girl and she starts going on about her near-death experience on the TV behind him. And boom, there that, that that tape pops up. And she turns it's around. Powerful, and he, yeah. Oh, dude, that's creepy, man. You know, that fucking scared the shit out of me. Like, put yourself in his shoes. I'll be at, you know, he's such a slimy character. You don't want to do that. But imagine this is your deepest, darkest, fucked up thing that you do. And you think hey, that it's on a TV. Hey, how did... How did Fox News get my sex tapes? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, God. I, oh, this is the last time I let them into my iCloud. Oh, God. They're all going to be after my 1990 Billy Baldwin shape-shifting technology now. <laughs> La- lamest superpower ever. I could turn into 1990 Billy Baldwin at will. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, at least you get to be in the Flintstones. I, I think he was in the Flintstones. Fucking oh, God. I, I, I never watched that fucking thing, but... Um, yeah, it's dog shit. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, then we we're, we're cut back to Nelson, and he's you know sewing himself up, and that eye oh doing some God. Terminator two fucking surgery. Oh, sorry, yeah. Terminator one surgery for sure. Like, and he look, I mean, he looks rough. That that fucking bloodshot red eye. Um, but I, I uh, you know, he's basically this is Halloween night. He hears the feet outside his door. He runs out. Uh, you know, he sees the shadow coming out again, but the door behind him locks. And I love, you know, he's, you can tell he's really terrified of thinking that it could possibly be this kid at all. Uh, and it winds up just being some trick or treaters. And his look of relief is fucking actually comedic. He's like, oh, God. Um, but this scene coming up where, you know, they're. they're... <laughs> we cut to the weirdest party. Yeah, 90s party. Fucking riding in slow motion on bikes in Halloween. Dude, is this like, did you guys ever have parties like this for Halloween? This, because Halloween's obviously an American thing. Like, we have Halloween, but it's nowhere near like what you guys have. Yeah, no, I mean, we, like, my family's huge on Halloween. We actually do kind of, like, a, a small haunted house at, like, my mom's house. She's She lives Ooh, in, like, I love it. her house is, like, 118 years old, which she's got, like, five acres. There's, you know, it's it, it, we, multiple people stopped by and wanted to film music videos there, said it's just creepy uh, country music videos, stuff like that. It's kind of out in the country. But uh, we've had we've had parties, you know, we've definitely done some stuff. But, oh, my God, never something like, like that. None of the costumes, this must be, like, the art department all fucked up on absence like all of them just like making these weird like every everybody looks like something out of like a talking heads video like i don't know like like yeah. it's, it's so surreal like the only guy i spotted an elvis it's in so there. weird and i was like oh there's like it, a- it honestly if 
like it's just so radically different to the movie like it's just like a like a a kind of like a one minute portion of the movie where they're just like you know what fucker let's film this party yeah let's let's film some kind of weird fucking like renaissance looking chick with a helmet on but she's got these big ass paper mache tits it's like what is going on in this fucking party man um and and especially right under the open yeah we're just gonna start a big burn fire here on uh, uh you know a bonfire here on the steps of our fucking school like that's not gonna be a problem at all it's like okay whatever um but basically it's halloween night and it's labratio's turn uh to flatline um I I fucking love as uh, Hurley is the last one to show up and he's got the skeleton costume on. I love Steckle. He's like, "What are you supposed to be, Boner Man?" Like that 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 was, that was a good line. I I loved it. I thought that I was it. so fucking funny. Um, but basically, yeah, they're they're going to be putting uh, Labratio under this time, and his vision is like very different. Um, and like that's that's what I like is they all have very different kind of kind of things happen. Uh, Nelson and McMahon, Nelson and Manis have way more of like memories, but it seems like and so does Hurley a little bit. But it's mainly Labratio and Hurley kind of have more imagery than anything. There's not a whole lot of Dude. substance there. His thing kind of fucking gave me epilepsy. <laughs> like it oh, just fucking yeah. it, it it it's like a like a massive like montage of just like f- like shots like photos, and it cuts like until like the, you see a baby in a womb, and then it's just like aerial photos of like a snowy mountain. Mm-hmm. It's it's so like jarring. <laughs> yeah, like but I, I love the way his starts because it's. It's basically a bunch of cutscenes mixed with some imagery from the stuff that we've seen before. But yeah. all, all of the all of the cutscenes from the movie that we've seen are in like a much. They look like they're all filmed from Hurley's camera. Like it's, they're all much grainier. The quality is, mm, is it yeah. isn't good. But I love the way it looks, and it kind of even though we're only seeing stuff that we saw maybe in the last 20 minutes, it looks so good because it's on an older camera, and it kind of wait. I've seen this before. But it looks different, and it's kind of like the last images in his brain, like playing his whole life flashing before his eyes. So we want it to look a little bit different. Like we're seeing the same thing, but it's different this time. And it's like, yeah, we just live these moments, but we're reliving our last moments right before we die. And I thought that was a cool camera effect to do because it, ma- it definitely made me think, you know, oh, these are all of his last moments. We're just not – we're not doing some just like shitty montage over the last 20 or 30 minutes of the movie. Um but yeah, I love his is so peaceful. I honestly, that's that's all I wrote in my notes. It's like it's so incredibly peaceful. Just this, you know, going down the mountain and the snow. Like I was like, God, that that they, and the little kids clapping. It's all it's it's all like really it, like I don't know where they filmed this. I guess on Hoth. I'm I'm not sure, but it looks fucking great. <laughs> um, but uh, uh. Th- this is this is one of the problems I have with the movie though is they go on with uh, you know as they go on with. Um, with Nelson, Nelson is kind of getting this weird nihilistic, like fucking carefree attitude. Um, you know, and he did like it, and that, that's what's so odd for his character, you know, and he, you know, they're, they're basically talking about, you know, he's going down for two minutes. What about two Oh five, huh? Two, two ten. What do you it's think? It's weird. It's, it's such a, it's such a weird, like character shift. Yeah. It, it, it's very unnecessary and it's not, we're not there yet. Like I could see yeah. this happening when they flatline Julie Roberts's character, uh, or sorry, Manus. Uh, I can I can see, we, I can see them like doing that as he as it goes on, but he's just getting like downright like mean, like kind of nasty, and it's like, dude, at this point he's only kind of been beat up like once. Like, dude, I get it. That's fucking like terrifying, 
But um, I just, I didn't like, yeah, it, it just felt kind of undeserved, like right, right here. And it, it took me out of it. I was like, dude, this is just something to stir the pot. That's, that's all it felt like. And the whole like, you know, one, 1,000, two, 1,000, what comes next? It's like, dude, come on. Like that is funny, but can we do that? Like in 20 or 30 minutes when you deteriorated a little bit more? Right, exactly. Um, and also like everyone here has brain damage, right? Everyone, <laughs> everyone who goes yeah. under must have some kind of form of brain damage because obviously the the way it works is uh, you stop breathing, your heart stops pumping, uh, your heart stops pumping blood, uh, your brain doesn't get any of the oxygen, so obviously, you know, your brain just starts fucking deteriorating. You must have some kind of brain damage if, you, if you're, you know, staying under for that long and things like that. So, yeah, it's just, it's just fucking weird. Yeah, part of me was like, I, I guess there's some kind of magical number in medicine where, okay, well, if we go past this point, there's going to be major brain damage. Like we're going to have somebody who's basically a vegetable. Um, you know, I, I like I'm 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 wondering what exactly that number was, what exactly that number would be. I was looking up people who have been dead um, for for several for you know several you know hours or minutes, but that woman with the 17 must hours have been, was, must have been a fun watch. Must have been a fun research right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of was, you know, reading about people coming out of comas after like 17 years and shit like that. Like it was, it was actually kind of interesting. Um, but to get us back on, on, on topic, we're like, I, you know, just like dogs chasing cars. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do with them when I caught it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, basically they, they bring Libratio back, um, yeah, I, I, I love, uh, I love what he, yeah, what, what he says when they, when they bring him back out. It's kind of hard to catch like right away unless you've got the subtitles on. Uh, uh, I guess it's uh, Hoka Hoka Hey, uh, which means good day Hoka to die. Hey, yeah, uh, from something from the uh, Sioux, uh, the, the Sioux Indians, Native American tribe. Um, yeah, it's a real macho thing, you know. Gets a good day to die. Um, they ask him what it is that he's seen and what it is. You know, he's like, it's like I'm being watched. It's like paranoia without the fear, and that's an interesting way. I thought that was a really, really interesting way of putting it. Um, but then, like, I also like how he tries to rationalize it like a scientist. Uh, like, he's, like, he's looking for a logical explanation for everything that he saw, right? And, like, Sutherland's like, no. Uh, you know, all of, the, all of the monitors and things like that, like, showed conclusively that you were dead. There were no synapses firing in your brain or anything like that. Like, you were dead, so tell us what you, th- tell us what you saw. That's right. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. He just, he breaks down for him. He's like, you know, maybe it would have been some kind of, you know, electric signal would have shown up on the EEG. David, you were dead. Like, I love the way Kiefer delivers that line. He's, especially as his deterioration goes on, it is a cool deterioration. I do kind of like it. Um, But at the same time, it's, um, you know, it's, those, those, those prior scenes with him just be acting like a douchebag really haven't been earned yet. They have, we're not there. Um, and that, that kind of took me out of it just a little bit. I think, I think we can do that, but we'll just move it down just a little bit farther. That's all. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, and Labratio, he wound up being, uh, I think, I think they said Labratio has gone, uh, been under for something like, something like four minutes. Um, yeah, which is insane. And he wasn't even supposed to be down under that long. He was supposed to go down for like two or three. And for, I guess, just Nelson fucking around, seeing how long he can push him, um, you know, it wound up going to four minutes. Uh, another bidding war breaks out 
Nelson wants to go again. You know, he says that he wants to go for four and a half minutes or somewhere around that. Um, there's Manus, you know, no, I've been skipped over twice, you know, and he's like, this is my project. You know, you guys are all right, you know, writing it on my tail codes, which is fucking horseshit. And, you know, he wouldn't be able to do any of this without the rest of them. But I do see his point. But at the same time, like, it's like, dude, you couldn't do this by yourself. There's no fucking way. Um, and I love uh, Oliver Platt. You know, no one is going for four minutes. He's like, you know, well, anything under four minutes would be redundant. He's like, he was, his was an accident. His wasn't supposed to be four minutes long. You know, I was like, that's don't don't be fucking ridiculous, dude. Like we're pushing our luck as it is. Um, and they basically decide to go for five minutes. The whole team backs Dr. Manis, you know, that she's been skipped over. Uh, Nelson is basically talking about, you know, well, well, you know, what do we have here? A mutiny at last. Um, which I mean, it's, you know, at, the, at this point he is starting to deteriorate, but it's just a little bit too rapidly for me, you know, like he, he's gone from upright scientific mind to just kind of like a douchebag over the course of, you know, a few nightmares. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, I, I just wanted to see him hold it together just a little bit longer, um, before you know, things really start to unravel. Um, but, um, but yeah, we we get this um, we kind of we kind of get this ending monologue from Nelson, and he's talking about you know fuck the rest of you, you know you're just tourists here. This was my idea. You're riding on my coattails, you know, just stupid shit like that um, that I fucking hate. But Joe Hurley is having a whole other thing going on, and his is I mean I mean pretty fucking terrifying as well. Everywhere he's going, you know, on the monitors when they were resuscitating the uh, oh god, I keep wanting to call him Fellatio. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't help it, dude. Cause oh the, boy! The, the little girl, uh, Winnie Hicks, she's the one who shows up in Debratio. She's uh, Winnie Hicks is uh, she shows up in Debratio's thing, you know, starts, uh, you know, at the uh, later on, you know, he kind of starts having his like day slash nightmare of what's going on. Um, but basically, she calls she calls him Fellatio, and I fucking burst out laughing when she said. It. I thought that was so goddamn funny, man. I I just like she's got like her. Yeah, she's, she's she just like, like rattles th- off all these like fucking like insults. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's it's I mean she's got a mouth on her man. I'm like, damn, this girl can fucking cuss. Because um, I'm sure I'm sure like she picked it up from um, like it, it's everything that they must have called her right. Right, exactly. She's just she's just reciprocating it right back onto him. Um, which that scene hasn't happened yet, but that's why I'm, I'm fucking calling him fellatio. Um, Joe Hurley, the point I was goddamn making was Joe Hurley is starting to see, uh, in all of the television screens, uh, anywhere that he goes, he's starting to see these women, you know, and it's the same pose every single time and him on top and then looking over, you told me you love me, Joe, you know, and like, how could you do this to me, Joe? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a fucked up, creepy ass motherfucker. But like the, again, the thought of every single person seeing that on the televisions as you walk by down the street like oh my god like that that's fucking terrifying and just you know being confronted with it i i think they do a good job with like his is the one that is most fucked up out of like with the intention you know like yeah nelson nelson you know it's like revealed that he kills billy mahoney but that's an accident you know as same thing you know with kevin bacon you know that's not an accident but it's just it's teasing a kid it's it's not anything that 
you know, worth dying for. Um, but with his, it's just, you know, there's no kind of like innocent justification to it. There's no like, Oh, it was an accident kind of thing. This is something, you know, this is something that's going on right now for this guy. Everybody else's stuff is stuff from when they're kids and his shit is stuff that's going on like right now. That makes it so much more fucked up. But that's why his is on like every street corner. You know, we have moments where Nelson is left alone and Billy Mahoney shows up and uh, Manus is alone and her dad shows up. But it's like everywhere Hurley goes, he's seeing this shit. I was like, okay, well, I mean, and rightfully so. He's a fucking pig and a gross motherfucker. But it's great to see him kind of – he never really gets he – ne- he never really – kind of pays his dues he never really gets atonement for that but he is tortured i will say he's tortured the most psychologically out of anybody through the movie i think um obviously nelson gets the you know whether he's beating the shit out of himself or whatever's going on there but speaking of nelson we move on after that uh after the scene with with hurley seeing all these women um I like this scene, you know, of him basically coming home and locking the door. We've got that blue light effect. Even the lights in his goddamn living room are like all blue. Um, and it's, it's kind of at this point, I was like, okay, like, dude, Jesus Christ. Like, I'd love to know what the art department's budget was on blue light for this fucking thing. Um, <laughs> but I love he comes home and right there, there's Billy Mahoney with the fucking hockey stick, man. Like, God damn. Like, that's, that's, yeah. that's going to leave a mark, dude. Like, I'm surprised yeah. he doesn't. Look he worse by the end of this. Spits spits in his mouth, which is fucking disgusting. Yeah, dude, but it's okay. It's disgusting, but at the same time, I was I was I was laughing my ass off. I couldn't help it. Like him <laughs> like the kid holding him down and as he's hawking the loogie keepers, I was just like, no yeah. <laughs> it's, it's corny as shit. I couldn't stop laughing, man. I was like, dude, it's corny that, like as shit. I get it. This kid has like as 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 uh, a good friend of our Dean Martin from the LSU Media Podcast, you know, he has man strength. This kid has man strength, yeah. like I get it. But but to just do screaming, <laughs> just no. Stop. Let's move on, Colin. Let's move on. It's so fucking funny, man. It's like the unintentional funny <laughs> shit. It's so fucking great, man. It cracks me up. Like <laughs> I'm watching it right now, dude. I can't. I can't fucking do it. It's so, so anyway, oh my god. Um, but yeah, we could. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, we get we get Labratio and Labratio's recovering. <laughs> See, now I got you fucking laughing. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's pull it together. Let's pull it together. Steal yourselves, boys. <laughs> Steal yourselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got a fucking hour left of this movie. Um, but, but yeah, we got, uh, we've got Labratio recovering. Uh, Manus has stayed the night, keeping an eye on him. You know, she said she's going off to, uh, to her shift and Manus is, or sorry, Labratio is trying to stop Manus from, uh, from, from, from doing what, a, what you know, for basically from her flatline. And he is not lying and not doing a very good job of it. You know, he's like, you know, when I went, you know, I, I mean, I don't really know what I saw, but it, I knew that there was something out there. So you don't need to go. And it's like, that's the, I mean, he's like the worst liar in the world. And she, and she calls him on it. Great too. You know, she's a great character. She's like, Oh, so now the atheist believes, you know, blah, blah. Well, we'll have something to talk about when you bring me back. Like I, th- I think their dialogue is great. I will say the dialogue in this movie Ninety percent of it is crushing it. I think it's great. There's mm, a, there's some yeah. stuff that's there. There's a lot of stuff that's dated, and um, there is some pretty cheesy stuff. And there, yeah, there like there's 
um, there's like the the bits that we were just laughing our asses off at. But moments like these are, are really good and really stand out in the movie. Um, especially because we're seeing we're and we're seeing her open up. It's really nice. She's been very frigid. Uh, she's been emotionally closed off to a lot of these people. Um, and now she's kind of coming around. She's you know she's you know making small talk with Abracio and and smiling at him and blah 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 and uh, generally being like a lot warmer. Um, feeling like a lot warmer than than she that she normally would have been. Um, but um. But yeah, I, I basically we and we, we get we get these these quick scenes of her with her patient, her patient saying, you know, that you know she you know, the voices are telling her not you know that she's done everything she needs to do. She's telling that they're good voices and that she needs to listen to them. Uh, and we get a few shots just of her, you know, drying her hair and looking over at a photo of, um, um, but uh, I'm looking at a photo of like her and her father uh, and kind of getting like a little foreshadowing, like a little setup for that. Um, but I, th- I think it's, yeah, moving past that, we get these, these scenes with Labratio on the train and he's seeing, you know, seeing Winnie Hicks, the little girl. Um, and I love <laughs> shit, shit, bird, bird, turd, kick ass, brown nose, macho went like, dude, she's yeah. fucking, Most un- of it fucking rhymes. <laughs> yeah. And she's unloading on him. And, yeah, all everybody's laughing at him on the train. Um, I personally don't feel much from this. I don't feel very like threatened by this. I mean, I guess it's just humiliating and it's it's terrifying to have these hallucinations. But like, as far as it goes, I think he's probably got off the easiest. You know, oh, you picked on a kid in school and you have to go apologize. Well, that's seems pretty easy compared to like a kid coming back and beating you to death with a fucking hockey stick. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, then we get on to, uh, to Manis's, uh, she's going to flatline. She's going down for, she's going down for four minutes. Uh, Labratio is rushing to her flatline because he's said that he's not going to show up basically trying to, you know, trying to bluff. So she won't do it. They decide they're going to go through it anyways. But after his hallucination, he's like, you know, I'm running straight there. Shut it off. You know, she's yeah. down for he's like, I'm saying some shit. Right, exactly. He's like, you know, after like a minute, you know, he's shutting. He's, you know, he's saying we're going to shut this whole thing down. Um, you know, why are we, why are we shutting it down, Dave? I don't know. Once you ask Doctor Death here, you know, like I love their dialogues. Like, once you tell me what's going on, Nelson? Like, Nothing. Just bringing, uh, just bringing Rachel back a little early. That's all. Like, and their their dialogues. Shit. Yeah, their dialogues great. But um, we have her flatlining memory of this whole party for her dad, who's come home. I assume from the Vietnam War. Um, but this this whole this whole scene's great. Her dad look the actor looks fantastic. He's just so uncomfortable and it shows really, really well. Like he's home and he should be feeling good, but it's there's no like he looks so uncomfortable and so just uh, doesn't really want to be there. Um, one thing I did notice is it's this party. There's all this confetti. They're pouring all this, and it's all in like the fucking punch that they're drinking. Like don't drink that shit. Like don't, don't fucking yeah, drink that. Fucking, like, <laughs> You're gonna have like cellophane and paper in your in your fucking stomach. Yeah, right. And like, I don't want to digest that shit. Maybe in small quantities, you know. But fuck, man. <laughs> um. But yeah, basically, they decide to bring her back early. But uh, we hit a bit of a catch with this exposed kind of big transformer power box. Um, hey, you know, let's getting- uh, let's talk about this transformer power box. You're you're fucking willingly killing yourselves and then relying on the technology to bring you back. 
Yeah. <laughs> but obviously this thing is like fucking overloaded with wires and shit like that. Hey, take care of take better care of it, guys. Seriously. This you're relying on this shit. Yeah, your lives literally depend on it. Um but yeah, this power box, uh, yeah, and, and we're, we're seeing it kind of start to fizzle as her flatline memory is going on. Uh, we see her going up to the stairs, walking in on her dad, and his back's turned. We don't really see what's going on. Uh, there's like a lot of steam, and we just see him rushing down the stairs and running out the back door. Uh, we hear a gunshot. I thought, I thought he was having a wank. I'm not, yeah. not going to lie. I was like, what is he doing here? Well, like, yeah. Is he so embarrassed he like kills himself? <laughs> yeah, that was the 60s and the 70s, man. It was sexual repression in America. Um, crazy time, crazy time. Crazy, crazy time. But, yeah, basically her father, uh, I guess his name is, is Danny Manis, has run across the street and just shot himself. Um, and her mom, God, her mom, this is your fault. Like, dude, that is some fucked up shit to say to that little girl. Like, God <laughs> damn, what the fuck is wrong with you, lady? Great parenting. Um, yeah. So, of course, as this is going on, we actually do lose the power box. Um, you know, we're they're, they're all trying to they're all trying their their hardest to resuscitate her. Um, I could not imagine like sitting here without any electricity trying to resuscitate this person, giving them just CPR and mouth to mouth. Like, holy shit! Talk about fucking nerve wracking, man. Like, mm. I I, oh, I I couldn't. Yeah, that that would that yeah, this is this is one of the most terrifying scenes to me because now we've lost the thing that we need to bring you back. It's like, Oh shit. It's like the DeLorean being fucked up and back to the future. It's like, Oh fuck. Um, <laughs> it's, it's literally, it's literally like, Oh shit. We've been brought back to the stone age. How the fuck did they resuscitate him back in the day without any technology? Right. And, yeah. Um, yeah, man, she, she like miraculously comes back to life. Um, she like, but I do like the shots, the shots here in her flashback, like, I love the zoom in on the bullet, uh, on the bulletproof, sorry, the bullet in the windshield, like, that's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's great, man. I think, I think her whole, her, th- her whole, her whole entire, like, dream state is great, and she's, she's down for, ends up being right at about five minutes, uh, and we get this good exchange between, uh, Nelson and, um, and, uh, Oh god, the bracio. I'm not sure what it is that he's trying to give her, but I guess it's just it's it's way too harsh of a kick, uh, and would end up atropine? kind of like atropine. Okay, thank you. Uh, I didn't yeah, catch the name so of it. they they use it. They used it in um, the movie The Rock with Nicolas Cage. Oh. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the movie because, like, that's all about, like, these chemicals and shit. Like, if you get exposed to, like, the deadly chemicals, then that's what you, uh, you know, pump right into your heart to, like, bring you back. So I think it's a, some kind of, like, a adrenaline kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. And that, that's what I assumed. It was something that would just be not overkill but, like, an ultimate, like, last step. Um, yeah. Well, and then we get the scene after they bring her back finally which they do and they're asking him you know nelson what the fuck is going on uh hurley admits that he's having nightmares uh labratio says that he he's have he's having hallucinations on the train and uh you know that's where nelson kind of drops out with you know so what's been going on what's happening to your face he's like well the little fella kind of gets carried away sometimes it's like oh my god so you know there's there's uh streckle coming out now that is you know it's one thing for pervert boy here to have a nightmare for him to have a flashback you know but for you you're talking about physically touching that is not possible that is not true and i, I love this just them coming to terms with um with what's going on and you know basically he knew when they put hurley under and you know now they've let manis go they've let labratio go and he's kind of damned all of them you know i like what she says you know no, you didn't lie but you withheld information that's basically the same thing as lying um 
But Nelson is clearly becoming obsessed with this. You know, Rachel McManus may very well come out of that bathroom with the secrets of life and death. Uh, and yeah, he's getting very Victor Frankenstein about all of this. You know, he's kind of, he's kind of just going nuts. Um, and yeah, they're all pissed at him. You should, you know, you should have told us Nelson, you know, you guys wouldn't have done it. At least we would have had a choice. Uh, I love that dialogue between them basically going on and on. Uh, but yeah, right away, uh, with Julia Robert or sorry, Dr. Manis, she's automatically having these kind of like flashes with her dad. She sees him in the bathroom, everything turns red. He's behind her and just kind of appears in the curtains. Uh, and that's, that's a really, really great, uh, that's, that's a really, really great setup. Like right away, she hasn't even been out of this place for an hour and she's already got, she's already having these like horrible flashbacks, um, which is, which is right too. We need to start speeding things up. We need to start like, we don't need to see her have a couple of days and then have a, you know, some kind of nightmare about it. We know where this is going. We might as well skip ahead to it. And I think that was, that was good to not give it as much build time as everything else. Um, we get Nelson coming home. He's basically booby trapping his house, uh, like Kevin from home alone, trying to tap, <laughs> trying to trap Billy Mahoney. Um, and we've, uh, we've also got Labratio staying the night with, uh, with Manis and checking in on her and making sure she's okay. But, uh, you know, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Uh, but yeah, despite what Nelson's doing, setting these traps and sitting there at the screwdriver, the second he falls asleep, there's Billy Mahoney and he just cracks him in the face with that thing. He's got the blood, the him spitting out the fucking blood as it comes out. It's like, God damn. Um, and we get another That's great. That's yeah. rough. Yeah, uh, there, there's another great moment, too, when um, Manis is over at Labratio. She shuts the mirror, and boom, there's her dad behind her all zombied out. And I forgot all about that, and that kind of fucking scared me. I like, dude, dude that scared the shit out of me. I was like, holy shit. That's like the most horror moment of the whole thing. Like, that's that's the mm. only that's the only time that I was like, okay, this feels like a straight-up horror movie. I've been, uh, I've, I've actually, just a quick, uh, I know we don't really have time for it because we, like, this episode is running a bit long already, but I didn't give a shit, I'm chucking this in here. Um, I've been watching the show Hannibal. Have you seen Hannibal? I have not. Okay, so obviously you know Hannibal Lecter, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Hannibal delves into um, the the kind of like the psychological aspects of the of, of the character, um, and especially Will Graham, the the FBI agent who's kind of like hunting the Chesapeake Ripper, who is Hannibal. Um, and like there are moments when like uh, this isn't really a spoiler. Like one of the characters uh, blanks out. Um, and like loses track of time like seriously like one one day he's like doing something and then another day he wakes up somewhere else um and like it's shit like that that kind of like this is what the mahoney thing reminds me of like mm-hmm. when he kind of like i'm wondering if that's if that's what's happening to um to uh what's what's his fucking name nelson, nelson. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm wondering if that's what's happening like he's kind of like blanking out a little bit and then like you know the Mahoney kind of part takes over mm-hmm. and then it manifests manifests itself and then like um he kind of like wakes up like later when they're in the van it kind of feels like that because uh you see Nelson kind of snap back to reality a little bit right yeah you don't know if he's just like filling in the blanks you know his mind yeah. is just telling him that it's this kid when it's really both of them you know kind of like you said a Tyler Durden thing is, is a good example of it but mm. Um, but yeah, we basically, we've got, uh, we cut back to Hurley and Hurley is going home. There's all these different women hitting on him, you know, and this would normally be this guy's dream. And he's like, dude, just get the fuck away from me. And all these chicks, you know, and he's like, I recognize you. And you know, as uh, the first couple, you know, they just seem kind of normal, just, you know, girls hitting on him. And, um, 
By the time he gets in that apartment, though, dude, he has said every cliche in the book to these girls. You know, I'm not looking to play the field anymore. We don't have to do anything if we don't want to. You know, I need you to show me you love me. I'm like, dude, this guy has fucking this guy has some fucked up ass. Like he's written, plan, he's written the book. Yeah, right. He's, yes. uh, he's written it. This guy wrote his own book and checked it out twice. Like, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, and I, I love, cause this is, this is kind of the scene that we're talking about. He never really gets atonement for what has happened. He does get busted and that's really about it. Um, but this yeah, is, this is the yeah. most that we get out of him in terms of some kind of, you know, payback for what's happened, which is kind of the point of the movie. And that is odd. You know, I'm glad you noticed like, that as no, well. There's no closure. There's like no closure on his character. Like each character has closure on like their issues. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and everyone has to, like, for example, let's, let's take, uh, Labratio's character, for example. He, he literally has to travel out of the city and apologize to Winnie. Um, so mm-hmm. is, is, um, is Hurley gonna have to find every woman and have to apologize to him? <laughs> yeah, right. That, that, yeah, that's, that's the, uh, one of the, that, that, that's the sequel to it. It's still, it's yeah. still is actually better than the remake, but, um, <laughs> oh, for sure. There is one thing that I also wanted to mention as well, and it's one of my sort of like low points with the movie. Um, so, Labraccio and, uh, fuck, Nelson. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, I'm having a hard time with these names. Labraccio <laughs> uh, and Nelson's issues, like their main sort of conflicts, uh, too similar i thought yes um they're both in relation to bullying like you know i was like is this a fucking anti-bullying ad um like both of them like we see because we get the revelation like in in like like straight after each other like uh okay i bully this kid that's why he's after me i bully this kid that's why she's after me like i'm like seriously like we couldn't have we couldn't have thought of a better one except the only difference is that nelson's nelson's one died um, I guess. Yeah, that, that, um, so. that is one thing that I yeah I noted was that the the remake of Flatliners the the things that are coming after them are actually a little bit better. Like if if you haven't seen the remake, you know I don't want to ruin anything for you, but the the sins that they have committed, quote unquote, are are much more not even original, but they're just like yeah the the thing between Labratio and Nelson is almost identical. Um, and yeah. I was like, dude, you couldn't think of something else. Like you couldn't think yeah, of yeah, I thought it was way too similar. Yeah, I mean, God, he's a drunk driver, or you know, maybe he, you know, whatever, you know, he's he's gotten an abortion or whatever, like just something along those lines, but not the exact same thing. I'm, I'm glad you had, so I'm glad you kind of yeah. had a problem with that as well. It is, it is, it is kind of like smart to show that they had the same issue, but they dealt with them separately, like differently in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like because obviously, you know, Labratio can actually apologize to his one, whereas uh, Nelson can't because you know he's dead. Right. So it is really, it is really interesting to see how they could, how they resolve their own sort of separate but same issues in a different ways. Yeah, um, I, but yeah, yeah I, I did think it was a bit of a, it was weird. Yeah, that is a bit of a letdown, but um, but yeah, we we get uh, we're cut over to um, you know basically Hurley got is busted. Uh, he's uh, his uh, fiance's there. Apparently, she this is what we were talking about earlier. This really comes back to bite him in the ass. Um, his phone call to her right before he flatlines basically worried her to the point where she's come and checking on him, and found the Joe Hurley video library uh, as he calls it. Um, and she's, you know, she has a great point. You know, she, he says, none of those women meant anything. She's like, you know, I could at least, 
you know, you're going to think I'm leaving you because you slept with all these women, but it's just because you have such little respect. She's like, you know, that's why I know it could never work, you know, blah, blah, blah. And her point is, I mean, a hundred percent, you know, she's like, you know, at least if it were just, you know, people who meant something to you and some, you had some kind of, you know, decency and self-respect for yourself and then respect for them. But you, you have none of that. Like, how could I be with a person like that? And that's great. It's a fucking great point. Um, but basically, yeah, she, you know, she, uh, and part, part of me was like, uh, like, is she in the video library at some point? Like, like, is she, is this something that like, he's even got like her recorded because I'm sure, you know, I'm sure they've had sex at some point and he threw that, he, you know, he threw that on the record and was like, fuck it. Why, might as well put another one under my belt. Um, which I totally believe it, but, um, we also get Labratio. Labratio is calling all these numbers in the phone books. It's great imagery, you know, all the names crossed out with red, and he's looking for Winnie Hicks. Um, and basically gets a hold of her mother. Mother tells him, you know, where she is and where to find her. Um, but he, uh, as he's leaving, he bumps into Nelson. Uh, Nelson's, you know, you know, obviously looking a lot more beat up. You know, how's Rachel doing? Well, she didn't come out of the bathroom with the answers to life and death. Yeah, I got to go. And he's, he's saying, you know, please can I come with you? You know, I just, I really don't want to be alone. You know, this is very out of character for Nelson. You could really feel like, you know, it's like, wow, here's this guy 10 minutes ago. He's telling them they're all assholes and they were riding his coattails. And he's like, please don't leave me alone, dude. Like, wow. Like that's, it's really having a profound effect on him. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I love that. They're writing out to, I can't remember where the place is, but it's about a two hour drive and they're going to write out to, um, uh, Winnie's house. She's 26 now, which is hard to believe because Kevin Bacon apparently was like 33 when they were making this movie. Um, he yeah, was like a that. lot older than the rest of the cast. Um, but yeah, and this he doesn't is, look it. No, he doesn't. But when you start kind of looking around, you look at like him and Julia Roberts. I'm like, nah, I can kind of see it. Like I can see it a little <laughs> bit. Um, That's true. But yeah, this is a great scene with Manis as she's performing. Uh, I guess, you know, just doing a test on this cadaver that she's got here. And th- this, this scene was, was, was pretty fucking scary as well. The, the arm starts to lift out from underneath the sheet and it's her dad. It's like, Oh fuck that dude. Like, like I, I know, I know for me, Creepy. If, yeah, dude, like I, I don't blame her at all for fucking just hauling ass out of there. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, of course there's, uh, Schlecker, uh, I keep wanting to call him Schmuckler or something. <laughs> um, Schleckel. Schleckel. Uh, but, you know, Schleckel and, and, uh, Hurley and Hurley chases after her, uh, trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, we also cut back to, uh, Labratio and Nelson, you know, Labratio is, is, uh, trying to trying to talk to Winnie and, uh, and apologize. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's, she's got a good life for herself now. She's. She's got a nice house. She's got a family. She's got a beautiful, like a beautiful garden, a greenhouse, just filled with all these these really great things. Um, she did well. Yeah, she did really well. And basically, he's just going on about. I drove up from the city. That's my truck there. Um, and it's basically just you know making an atonement for, uh, atonement for what he's done. And she's not really accepting of it at first. She's kind of just like, yeah, oh. I, I don't, I don't like this scene. I don't. Really? Know, there's just something about it. Yeah, like. I get, I get what he's doing, and you know, it's it's very necessary for the story to go this way. But it's just, there's something about it. <laughs> like I, I don't know. It's I feel I feel bad for her. I feel bad that he has to remind her of all this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure. I'm sure, like she's kind of forgotten about it. Like she mentions, she's like, oh, I don't really remember much of it. Um, which, like, 
you know, if you think back about it, like, what do you do you really remember that much from high school like that? I mean, I guess if it was that traumatizing, mm-hmm. then you probably want you probably might. But like, I mean, look, you've moved on. You've have you have a kid. You have. Uh, you're married you, you have a husband you have this amazing house you, you live out in the middle of nowhere in isolation like you, you're doing great um and she's forgotten about it and like I, I don't like that you know to progress kevin bacon i'm gonna call him bacon to to, to, to progress to to um to progress uh fucking pork ryan's uh, character uh <laughs> <laughs> like you have to dredge this poor lady back to her childhood. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. No, I, I see what you mean though, because also it's if this were a quest in a video game, it would be the lamest quest ever. It would be just like, <laughs> oh, you have to go and talk to someone and apologize, and it's and and I get it. It's it's nice because not everything is just absolutely life and death. You know, he's just being tortured basically of his own guilt of of being this this ugly little kid, this little shit. Um, and she, you know, she says, you know, I haven't been that ugly little girl in a long time. And I, I do like his line, the, uh, you were never ugly, you know, like, and you so you can kind of see just in her dialogue, the impact that it has had on her, um, that I'm not that ugly little girl. So she, she, you know, that time she really thought that she was just this ugly little girl. Um, yeah, and then basically it's, it's like a 10 minute scene just for him to fucking apologize. And I guess it's just, you know, she's rejecting of it at first and acting like it's not really a big deal and that she's over it. But obviously she she must not be because here he is getting, you know, tortured uh, about it. Obviously she you know, must not be over it. Uh, but she does ultimately forgive him. You know, she's like, David, it's okay. You know, thank you. I, I forgive you. And then he's, you know, yeah, he says thanks. And that's really just about it. And it's one of the most anticlimactic scenes of the movie, really, because it's just, it kind of just, yeah. it, it never paid us off, right? Yeah, it just kind of trails off, and that's really about it. So I, I, I'm glad that we both had problems with just the fact that Nelson and, and them had very, very, sim- very, very similar, like, kind of issues. Um, this scene coming up with uh, Nelson getting attacked in, in uh, Labratio's truck by Billy Mahoney, uh, this scene is fucking dumb for a couple of reasons. What I don't understand is he's, be- he's being attacked in the back of a truck where there's a tarp, like literally six inches away from his head. But Labrachio yeah. comes out and breaks the fucking window with the rock. I thought that too. I, was I like, thought that too. I was, I was like, like, why? Well, like, I mean, I get it. It's more exciting, but like, I, I feel like a better scene would have been him coming back and ripping the, the tarp off. And it's the reveal that he's just cutting his own ear open with this pick. And like, that is yeah, a much better movie. scene. Yeah. Yeah. Action right. movie. Has uh, to break the glass. Yeah. Yeah. We need, we need stuff being broken. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've, we've got this, this is where we start getting into the debate. You know, um, maybe he really is fighting something off that just Labratio can't see or can't touch. Um, you know, he's, but his eyes are closed. Like he's just completely out of it. Um, you know, and he kind of like has to bring him back to reality. Like you said earlier, um, and the look, but the look on Nelson's face is just so, um, you know, oh my God, I've been doing this to myself. Like his look is, is very, um, worried, uh, like very worried about what he's doing and what he could, what he's probably just doing to himself. Um, 
but after that we get this scene but we're all them you know kind of meeting up again uh they're talking to manis you know oh hey how you how you doing nelson you doing okay well i'd like to thank you for the nightmare uh he's just being you know a fucking complete asshole talking about you know you guys wanted to come on the ride you know this is this is the price that you pay oh you want to look at death look at me this is death and it is fucking beautiful like i mean he's he's got some good lines but his deterioration is kind of sloppy a little bit um that like i i do like it but he he gets a little bit too like I don't know. He gets, he gets, he, he is unraveling, but he's almost like just a little too sarcastically cynical for me. Um, he's almost like funny about it in a way. And I just, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really care for that. Um, I just, I, I thought it was, I, I, I thought it was like, I thought it was okay, but he's like, Oh, Dr. Uh, oh, Dr. Dave here thinks he can solve our, solve our, you know, karmaic problems or something. I'm like, dude, just, just, you don't need to say that. I don't, it sounds stupid anyways. Like there's nothing about that that sounded cool. Like you just sound like a jackass. I don't know why I just never liked that part. Um, but basically Labratio is saying, go take him to find Billy Mahoney. He's thinking that you can solve the problems just like, uh, just like what he did with Winnie Hicks, but that's not the case. We don't know. They don't know that, uh, and we don't know at this point either that Billy Mahoney has in fact been dead for like 18 years or something. Um, but we also get the scene between the Bratio and Manis, you know, w- b- talking to her. What is what is what's going on? What's the problem? She says, you know, that my father, um, my father shot himself, and you know, my mother blamed me. And he says, you know, he, his, he's just trying to tell you to let go. You know, that's all of it is. She's like, then why is he back? You know, why does he have to come back in like this way? Um, you know, everybody else is being charged with like their sins. You know, it's like an atonement for everything else that people have done wrong. She's like, if I really haven't done anything wrong, then why is he back? And that, that's that's a really good thing worth noting that kind of um, that kind of gets like kind of gets looked over is the fact that she really doesn't do anything wrong. So why the fuck is he here? Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like, there is some like, there's some inconsistencies like that um, that we already talked about, I guess. And it's just, it does feel weird. Yeah, right. Um, well, yeah, and we cut to we've got Nelson and uh, Steckle Schleckle and Schleckle uh, <laughs> Schleckle and uh, and Hurley. Uh, basically all going to the cemetery and uh, Nelson is doing all the shortcuts when he was a kid, you, you know, uh, uh, just over these wall, man, you know, blah, 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 and acting like a total kid again, uh, really starting to unravel at this point. And, um, yeah, he takes him to the cemetery. Why were you in a cemetery? He's like, because this is where Billy Mahoney is. You, you want to know why I knew he was here? Because I put him here. And we that's where we get the fine. That's where we finally get the whole scene of him throwing these rocks at this kid in the tree and like, God, what a little fucking evil bastard he was like fucking just demon rocks at this kid. Like the three of them. I'm fucking like, what murderer? the fuck dude? Like, no good. You're a doctor now. You're a fucking doctor. I'm like, Holy shit. Like <laughs> his life turned around, man. Yeah. Right. I'm like, dude, look, like, uh, like, uh, only, only in America, only in America. Can I, can I, Oh can, yeah. Can you commit, can a little white kid commit murder at nine and grow up to be a doctor? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Emphasis um, on what? Yeah. Right. I'm like, Holy shit. Um, but yeah, we go through the whole scene with Billy Mahoney. Basically he, yeah, they've been beaming him with rocks, knock him out of the tree and kill him. And, you know, Nelson said, I was taken away from my, my family when I was nine, I was put in a school for boys. You know, I thought I paid my dues. You know, I thought this is over with. Why is this still going on? 
Um, and uh, obviously, you know, he's he's feel like he's feel like feels like that he's paid his time for it and doesn't know why this is still being brought up. Um, this is when he bells on uh, 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 bells on the two with him, bells on Hurley and, and Sluckle, and uh, basically leaves them there. Takes the keys out of the car and runs uh, like a true fucking just whack job. But this is kind of smart because he's trying to slow them down so they can't get to him, so he can flatline himself like faster. Um, and basically, he's he's on a suicide run now and doesn't doesn't want them to be able to resuscitate him successfully. Um, and this, this is where I kind of start liking the unraveling of Nelson. He's just like, dude, you know, it's, he's, he's fully committed to this idea of like, I've got a flat line and, and just make some kind of piece of what I'm doing and I've got to do it by myself. Uh, and you know, basically is on a suicide mission to do this and doesn't care if, if anybody, if anybody successfully resuscitates him or not, he's just, I, I need to make right what's wrong. Um, and I, I love that. I think that's a, I think that's a, a great bit about his character's just kind of demise. Um, well, not literal demise, but um, yeah, we get uh, we get another one of these. Like, I love the use of the red lighting in this when Manus wakes up with with Labratio and she goes in and everything turns red and there's the father again and boom, the light drops as soon as Labratio shows up. That's great. I love the use of lighting in this movie. Um, I don't, I think that it's, it's one of the few things that, you know, this movie is not a, a fucking masterpiece, but the things that it does write really well are the lighting. The lighting is done exceptionally well. It tells us a lot of things. Um, maybe it's overused a little bit. Um, well, maybe a lot of bit, but either way, the lighting is just, a fan- lot. yeah, the lighting is just fantastically done. Um, but th- the only thing I, I didn't really care for also was the scene like I, I like I like that she goes to the bathroom, everything starts to turn red, boom, Labratio shows up, drink, you know, and she's she you know, it all goes away. What I don't like is that we immediately go right back to it, like two scenes later. Mm. Like literally he leaves and boom, we go right back to it. I'm like, why not make the first one just a dream instead? Yeah. And then when she actually goes in, it's really she actually is having a hallucination. That I didn't really care for. That seemed just kinda lazy, like, well, we, we, we got to do this at some point, so we better just go ahead and do it now. I was like, well, don't tease us with it fucking 45 seconds earlier. Like, I just I, I just didn't care for that. But um, basically, this it's is... very, yeah, the, 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 it, it, it slows down to like a glacial pace here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think there's another thing about this. I think this movie's a bit too long, like a smidge too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like things like this that kind of play into the runtime a little bit. So, right. Yeah. I, um, and I, yeah, I think that I think they do a good job juggling, you know, these basically these four characters. Oliver Platt's kind of in there, but not really. Um, but this is where we get the reveal. I love everything's red. She's going back up the steps, but now this time she's an adult. She looks down and sees the tambourine that he's kicked over, and all the other times that she's relived this memory. Um, but basically, she walks in, and her father, I guess, is you know shooting up heroin. He has gotten addicted, and uh, uh, gotten addicted in the Vietnam War and just, you know, he's just broken, you know, emotionally he's broken. Um, you know, just, just one of many stories you hear of soldiers that turn to opium and the Vietnam War just to, you know, just to not go insane. Um, so obviously he brought his addiction back with him and just killed himself from shame. Um, 
which is which is you know that's that just sucks you know that's 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 just it's heavy, heavy yeah. as shit, man. It's heavy, and it's just so unnecessary. It's like, dude, I get your 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 shame in this, but don't kill yourself over it, man. Like that's, but it's a different time back then. But they embrace. I love that she basically is, you know, getting the kind of um, kind of the resolution in this. You know, he's saying I'm sorry. You know, and 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 going on. What I love, if you notice it, is in the shot when they hug each other and the light starts to turn from that red to the orange. Normal, the walls literally start like sliding away. Like it gives this feeling of basically like everything's not so closed in anymore. We're not so close. Oh shit! Yeah, I'm noticing that now, dude. I don't know how they achieved that effect. That's crazy. Yeah, like I guess they just had to roll room on like wheels or whatever. But uh, I read somewhere in the trivia of like goofs that it was like, oh, that's a mistake. I'm like, no, I kind of feel like if they didn't want to show that, they could have found a way not to show that. Like, um, they could have just put it in tighter if they didn't want to show it but like they yeah like and it definitely plays in thematically as well right the walls the walls sliding away because she's atoned well not atoned but she's come to grips with it right exactly yeah um we get nelson calling manis and telling him rachel you know um you know that that yeah yeah, i'm sorry for everything that's happened she's like no it's not what you think uh you know she says that you know none of that matters now he's like oh rachel everything matters uh, I really am sorry, you know, and hangs up the phone and takes off towards the lab. Uh, really getting into the final act uh, here. And, and like, yeah, and this this whole, I'm starting to realize this entire fucking college campus just looks like something out of 28 Days Later. It all just looks like the world has just come <laughs> screeching to a halt. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the, these scenes coming up, too, like you said, they're not a lot of information, but a lot of stuff dragged out with a lot of imagery. I do like the imagery. I do. But if you want to just talk about it in like a bulletin point way, there's not a lot to go on. Basically, uh, Labratio comes and picks out uh, Schleckel and uh, and, 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 uh, and Hurley and pick him up because uh, Nelson has left them abandoned. Um they decide to rush over to the school, which is where he yeah, absolutely you know, just where else would he go? Um, and uh, yeah, because he said I need to make amends. The only way he could make amends is by flatlining. So they go to the log- go to the logical place um, and found that he has uh, basically uh, flatlined himself. Uh, which is God, just how fucking dangerous, man. I mean, it's dangerous enough with five med students who are near graduation and you have one of the best students in the school, like fucking flatlining yourself. Like, I mean, again, I guess he's just not worried about coming back, but it's, that's like, damn dude. Like, unless he's like, no, they'll, they'll come and get me. They'll they'll come and get me. I'm like, I don't know about that, dude. You got a small window to fuck around (laughs) with there. I wouldn't bank on that, man. Um, but yeah, of course, Manish, she comes rushing up, obviously gotten a message from him. Um, they don't really know how long he's been out until she shows up and says it's been over nine minutes. Uh, nine minutes is basically double what any of them have gone. Uh, it's just fucking insane amount of time to yeah, be but dead. It's, it's, it's nine minutes since he hung up the phone, right? Then he had to run across and right. get in and you know prep all the technology and shit. So really, it's only been probably like five minutes. Yeah, probably like five, six minutes. Uh, I think all in all, like, yeah, he ends up being dead for like eight, nine, ten minutes. You know, it's 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 a long time he's dead, man. It's it's a stretch when they bring him back. It's kind of hard. I'm like, oh, okay, it's I know it's yeah. a movie, but he's whatever. definitely got brain damage, man. Yeah, he's, he's like he's a walking he's a walking vegetable. Right, for sure. Yeah. Um, 
but um but yeah basically nelson's whole vision now it's changed where before it was uh nelson and the two boys chasing billy mahoney uh now it's billy mahoney and the two boys and it's not this beautiful serene you know, like, I like amber. that. Yeah, yeah. I like it's that. not this beautiful, serene, amber-colored um, field anymore. It's just dark, and it's like some fucking nightmare for Christmas shit. Um, just this big ass, <laughs> like scary fucking tree, and that ominous light behind it. It's beautiful, like it's gothic, gothic as fuck. But I mean, it's, it looks so good. Um, but um, yeah, this scene is hard to watch, especially for all you know the needles they put in his fucking throat and the chest. It's like ooh, like I'm not afraid of needles, but like. A shot in the arm doesn't bother me. Something going in like somebody's throat or something like that. I'm like, I'm gonna throw up. Really, like, I, I, I can't. I, I've never really had that. Oh, I've dude. never really had that kind of reaction to a movie. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I'm really good at separating that stuff. I guess subconsciously, like, yeah. I'm always just like, oh, it is a movie. You know, I don't know. Unless it's something like really, really like, uh, I don't know. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Maybe I, I'll fucking come up with it in our next like eight podcasts away. I'll be <laughs> like, hey, remember in Flatliners when we were talking about this? Yeah. <laughs> See, it makes me think of The Exorcist when they hook that thing up to her throat and all the blood starts squirting uh, out. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I, I, like, like again, a shot in the arm, you know, a shot in the leg or whatever, you know, getting seeing Mia Wallace getting her chest, you know, hit with that adrenaline pump, I'm fine with. But when you start shoving shit into people's like fucking throats and their jugulars and stuff, I'm like, fucking trachea. Yeah. yeah, that shit is fucking hard to that. That shit is hard for me to swallow. But. Oh, you know what it is for me? Um, <laughs> it's the sound of like the metal uh, in the teeth. Oh, like, yeah. You know, you know like how she's like jamming. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. There's always a that scene in American History X when the teeth is grinding along the uh, the fucking curb, and mm-hmm. you can just hear it. Yeah. Have you seen that? Oh, dude, the fucking curb stomping that. Ugh. Yeah, like the most infamous scene in that movie. Mm. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, they're trying to revive Nelson, and it's not successful. Um, and and of course, in his in his kind of flatlining dream as well. Billy Mahoney finally pops him with that rock, but not before he's finally able to say like, Billy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to do this. Like, I'm sorry. And, but it doesn't stop Billy, Billy Mahoney just pops him with that thing and sends him flying out of the tree. The effect of him falling down out of the tree is so laughably like bad. It's just him so slowly moving down. It's, (laughs) it's fucking hilarious, man. Like, I was just like, what's, what's happening here? Is he like swimming? (laughs) Yeah, like right. It's like he's like swimming a... through the air, just yeah. yeah. Dude, I he's can't doing like a freestyle. It. It's so it's so fucking funny, dude. Like it's just that same kind of premise with him spitting in his face earlier. I just so I can't dated, help it. so dated. Um, but basically, I, I think that you know Billy Mahoney just wanted him to experience what he experienced. Um, he's like, listen, I don't want you to die. He's like, but you know, I, you're never going to, I can't, I can't fully, you can't fully atone for what you did till you understand how really you made me feel. And, you know, just as a little kid, you know, and, and Nelson's experiencing this, experiencing this as an adult technically, but I think just putting him back in his kid body, you know, like, oh my God, like I'm, where's my mom? Where's my dad? I'm so terrified. Like what the fuck is going on? Like he lets him feel it as a child would. Not really, not really as like adult Nelson, medical student. He lets him feel it as like nine year old Nelson. Um, that's a good band name, actually, nine year old Nelson. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> trademark. Um, but yeah, I think this is, I love this scene. I think it's probably one of the most visually beautiful scenes of the movie. 
uh, Billy Mahoney standing over him, and he takes the hood off, and he just smiles and walks off oh, with the yeah. dog. Oh, yeah. This, this was like, this This looks like some Stephen King shit, like right, right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially- I, I think it's all the fog. <laughs> There's so much fog in this movie and mist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially when they're in, like, Chinatown. Like, apparently Chinatown is just, like, 35% steam. Uh, it's just literally pulling up out of the gutters <laughs> and just, like, out of the fucking, like, sewer drains and stuff. Um, but I love Absolutely, the shot. Yeah. I, I love the shot of of uh, of Nelson as he's running back across the field. And there's that beautiful light coming out from behind the tree line, which makes me feel kind of like the original Pet Cemetery. There's some kind of imagery like that in there as well. I think maybe that's why we're thinking uh, Stephen King. Um, but I love, you know, basically he's flatlined. Uh, he's dead. You know, they have a minute where Labratio saying, you know, I'm sorry, God, we stepped on your fucking territory. Isn't that enough? I do love uh, Steckel. You know, he's just like, apparently not. You know, that's, uh, he's very pretty. <laughs> he's just like, no, it's not enough to apologize to him. Um, but, but again, I, I, re- I kind of wish that they'd remove Steckel from this. And I was just like, ugh. Yeah. Like, even, even for like, even for the comedic relief. Um, it just, it wasn't really that great. Um, and I was just like, he's just a waste of space. Sorry, yeah. Oliver Platt. Yeah, like, like towards the end of the movie, like he he's very absent from a lot of, especially from almost this whole last scene. Uh, yeah, he seems very because he very doesn't absent. go under. Yeah, like and, he's got no like nothing to resolve. Yeah, and no frame of reference for what what's going on with everybody else. Um, mm. And I, I don't blame him. He does say at one point, you know, I maybe I would have gone under at three minutes or three forty, but not five minutes. You know, and now that that's when people start having the nightmares. And he's like, I'm definitely not fucking going under now. So like, I do understand that. Um, but um, but yeah, I feel like I don't know. I feel like Nelson Nelson. Yeah, if you'd have killed him off, do you like what what, what would you have thought about that ending? If Nelson would well, have died, I thought I thought they were going to kill him off. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would have been happy with it because him coming back, uh, <laughs> number one is just implausible. Like right. this guy's been dead for over ten minutes, and number two, if he does come back, he's got severe brain damage to the point where he's like. He he he's a vegetable. He can't even talk. He can't even like you know. He's definitely not um, going back to med school. <laughs> yeah, number three. He's also a terrible person. Like I get the, <laughs> I get the, I get the atonement and shit. But hey, you killed someone. <laughs> you killed right, a yeah. kid. Yeah, you killed um, a fucking kid, dude. Yeah, I would have been more than happy if they left him dead. But I also get from the point of the story that they have to kind of wrap on like a like a happy ending kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um. I don't know. I, I I I I definitely would have liked him to be dead. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> sorry, I, well, sorry Kafer. <laughs> well, it, it also hits. Um, it also hits a thing where it's, um, you know, you've been fucking with death and you've been playing chicken with death the whole time, and none of you have died. And I think right, Nelson, there's no stakes. Right. Yeah. And like we do, we feel like we feel some of the stakes. We feel like we feel. You know, we, we we feel like it's there, but I would have been fine with Nelson if Nelson. It would have been nice to see Nelson go. You know, this isn't enough for me. I don't know if, in fact, this is life or you know, or life on the life after death. You know, and to see him go into the light and just to confirm his own, like to, to confirm what he the, the whole reason why this whole fucking thing started, the whole reason why we're doing all this is because he wants to know if there's life after death. It's like, well, dude, now go into the light. You'll find out. Like, you're not going to be able to tell everybody, but, like, you'll know. Like, you'll know enough. And I think that would have been a cool ending. You know, we'll give them the Disney ending where fucking everybody lives or whatever, and that's great and all. That's that's nice. 
Um, but you know, it would have it would have hit a little bit harder, and I would have been okay with him with him dying, or you know, uh, you know, just just some 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 kind of ending where he doesn't just walk away, you know, like just scot free, no no problems. But they, of course, like we said, they do resuscitate him. Uh, after a nice lengthy minute and a half allowing Kevin Bacon to have a monologue. Um, but I love he runs back over with those pads just really quick while he deserves to die and fucking shocks him. Um, all in all, yeah, so they bring him back. Last thing, last thing really said is Nelson, you know, I guess it's not a good day to die. Uh, so kind of cool. We, we end on the line that we started with, but just a little bit different. Um but yeah, that's pretty much it. That's Flatliners. Uh, nobody learns anything, and everybody gets to live. <laughs> um, no, I'm yeah, just but, uh, yeah, typical typical eighties slash nineties movie. Yeah, right. No, everybody gets away scot free. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, so so yeah, um, we do have actually like a couple of comments. Do you want to read it? Do you want me to read it? Um. Well, we have two. Com- we've got two, right? So uh, yeah. you can read. You can read. Uh, you can read our our friend of the shows, Dean's, if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um. Basically, we kind of put it out there. What did you guys think of uh, Flatliners? Um. Our good friend uh, Dean Martin over at LSG Media. Um. If you guys ever get a chance. By the please- way, they have awesome, awesome new merch. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I'm wearing their one of their t-shirts right now. Pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> very, very comfy. Very comfy. Um, Sorry, coffee. But yeah, uh, any of their podcasts, the Hawkins Report, uh, Walking Dead, oh god, there's just so West Westworld podcast. They have so many of them. The Science Fiction Film Podcast. Please check out their membership, LSU Media Illuminati, Liberty Street Geek, <laughs> Liberty Street Geek dot net dot net. That's Liberty Street Geek dot net. I uh, now it's burned into my memory from all their episodes. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, basically, Dean commented, "This movie scared the shit out of me when I originally watched it back in the day." I recall. Recall there always being a sense of dread, but I thought the idea was really cool. Certainly unique. I remember really liking it. Um, yeah, it, it's one of those movies that kind of, you know, like it, not a lot of people can remember a lot of stuff from it, but they kind of, oh, yeah, that was a movie that did get made. And I think that the remake has helped with some of the resurgence in that, but, you know, ultimately left a bad taste in people's mouth. But the only good thing from the remake is that hopefully it makes people go out and watch the original. And uh, I think it's I think this is a good movie. I'm going to give it like a seven out of ten. I don't own this, but will soon. It's just very nostalgic for me. It's It was a good palate cleanser after we just did The Winter Soldier. Um, and, you know, it was it was nice to sit down and talk about a movie that's a little bit older, a little bit of a smaller budget, definitely a throwback, um, and talk about something that's – I mean, it's, it's a multitude of different movies. We have a thriller. We have science fiction. We have, uh, you know, uh, we have like a horror thing, a revenge movie almost. Like there's a lot of different genres that this thing dips its toes into. Um, and I'm glad. I don't know what made me think to do this movie. I just pulled it out of my ass. I was like, two flatliners. But um, I'm glad I did. Um, you can watch it free online. It's on Vimeo. That's where I Dude, watched it. Dude, you were it. like confident. You were confident with this movie. You were like, flatliners. <laughs> yeah, I, like you guys were like, "Hey, what do you want a flatliners?" Like I was immediately like, "Flatliners," um, because it's just it's something. It's a movie that I've always loved, and uh, I say this a lot, but it still hasn't had its day in the sun. I feel like it flew a little bit under the radar, um, but as far as something science fiction with a good premise, Flatliners is good, and it's right there. I would highly recommend it, and I'm definitely going to be owning it soon. But uh, what, cool. what, do you, what do you think? 
Um, oh, I just wanted to touch on a comment from uh, William. Do you even lift, bro? Ex-Marine, <laughs> Semper Fi, uh, Alvarez. Thank you for your service, buddy. Uh, it's not my country, but, you know, I 100% respect that. Yeah, I like how um, you say it, but I didn't. I was like, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you fucking unpatriot cunt. You fucking um, <laughs> He talks about the remake. A great movie. The remake is trash, right? I got about 10 minutes in and then checked out. Might have been the actors. Yeah, it's de- um, it, it definitely feels like the actors. It's rough. It's rough. But yeah, man, I, I, I definitely, I'm literally on the same page with you. Oh, I don't know about literally. Like, we don't have pages here. Um, but yeah, a 7 out of 10. Uh, it's it's. Uh, would you say it's fun i was about to say this is a fun movie but it's not it's it's pretty dreary um mm-hmm. but it's definitely got some pretty cool ideas like we, we like before we started this podcast we were like all right this is going to be a short one but here we are two and a half hours later um it's because it dives into philosophical themes pretty heavily um mm-hmm. and it's really interesting to talk about and really ponder um and there's really not many movies out there that really kind of ask this question like we talked about final destination but that's just really torture porn when it comes down to it it's not really it's Mm -hmm. not really a think piece whereas this one's a bit more of a sort of cerebral you know think about it kind of movie um I dug a man. The actors were really good. You know, there were some issues. Like we said, Oliver Platt's character could have been cut out completely. Um, you could have had uh, another sort of separate situation uh, between Sutherland and Bacon's characters to kind of um, uh, flesh them out a little bit more and kind of differentiate them a little bit more. But, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, this is, yeah, this is definitely a Joel... Sh- it's actually... Uh, when you think about Joel Schumacher... Um, he makes a really kind of like now that I think about it, forgettable movies, but they're they're good. They're like good forgettable movies. Like Nine Millimeter is good but forgettable. Phone Booth good but forgettable. Also mm-hmm. another movie with uh, Sutherland. He must really like Sutherland. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Lost Boys I can't really, really remember, so obviously it's <laughs> forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's not dive into the Batman's. Um, but yeah, man, I, I thought I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty decent, man. I, I definitely, definitely, definitely much higher higher on it than the uh, than the remake. Um, but yeah, it was good, uh, and I really a good thing about the podcast is that you know I get to discover movies that I otherwise wouldn't have discovered. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I really appreciate uh, you bringing this one up, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I think there's there's actually a funny story real quick before we sign off here. Um, I've had a list of movies for years that movies like this that I grew up with. Not a lot of people my age have heard of now. They've kind of forgotten about um, and, you know, somewhere along the way, somebody always ends up talking about a remake or doing a remake. And for years, I've said I've always wanted to do if, if I could remake any movie, if I could pick any movie to remake, I would love to remake Monster Squad. Uh, I always thought that would, you know, I obviously everybody knows how much I fucking love Monster Squad. Uh, and there's been a few other ones, but right behind Monster Squad was always Flatliners. I was always like, dude, if I could remake Flatliners, I would love to have. I mean, I'm not saying I could, I could, I'm not a director. I couldn't do that shit. But if I were a director, if I could be allowed to remake any movie. Matt is. <laughs> do what? Uh, Matt, Mr. Vella is a director. Oh, yeah. Get on about. 
Well, yeah, dude, that fucking, I mean, it can't be any worse than the other one. Um, <laughs> but I, I always thought this thing had a great premise, um, that it gets a little hokey at certain points, but it is still, it's, it is very entertaining and it deals with some, some heavy thoughts and we could have done this podcast and done it very quick and just gone through the story as it is. But, um, it kind of, it, it's a movie that you can't just talk about the story straight up and then not get into some kind of. Uh, what, what do you think happens when you die? Would you flatline? Like it acts, it, it, it kind of leaves you asking you and your friends or your mates um, a lot of questions about uh, what, what would you do? What, how would you feel about this? Uh, would you do it if there was some type of chance that something from your past would come after you? Like ultimately, are they better people for having gone through this? And I think so. They've atoned for things that, you know, had they been carrying with them and some of them don't even realize that they've been carrying with them the whole time. Um, Obviously, it's a lot more present in Julia Roberts' character, but with Kiefer Sutherland and Kevin Bacon, these are things they've completely forgotten about. Um, I don't really like the fact that we don't ever see anything pan out with Billy Baldwin. I would like to have seen him. You know, man, I'm leaving school. I'm go- I got to go to some kind of rehab or something. I've got some kind of problem. Like, did you there- did you pick up on that before I brought it up? Uh yeah, because there was he. I mean, I guess. The only justification you can say is that he gets his engagement thrown off and all these people are going to find out about what kind of person he is. Um, but at the same time, there was never any he could have he could have been one that honestly got killed. And that seemed like the whoa, because that kind of starts happening in the remake. We get some deaths. We get some some definite definitely get some deaths in the remake. But we don't have any of that going on in this one. And I thought we could have you know, we could have stood to have lost. Uh, Billy Baldwin's character and then maybe later on lost Kiefer Sutherland's just to show like, dude, this is not, you know, you don't get to just sit here and and play with matches and get burned and then, you know, act like it's not a big deal. Like, no, you're going to feel the burn, dude. Like, this is something you don't need to fuck around with. Um, I'm not saying that Hurley's character deserves to die, but ultimately it's more so that he's, he's a victim of, of, uh, of obviously flatlining uh if he were to die it would be awesome just to see him not so much be you know justified yeah we'll kill him because he's a pervert well i think that's kind of extreme uh but you know it, it, it ends up being a mix of of what his choices are of sexually plus you know his curiosity with flatlining that maybe should have led to his death i would have preferred to have seen it that way because nothing really petered out for him like he lost a little bit but not like he was you know it's nothing like what these other people go through but ultimately it's a good movie i give it like a seven out of ten um i uh i'm 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 super excited to eventually be able to remake this movie with Matt Bella. Um, I'm just kidding. That, that, I mean, that actually would be pretty fun. He's probably like, oh, I've never seen this fucking thing. Um, but, um, <laughs> but uh, you, you know, the thing is, like, I've never seen it. Um, no, I, uh, that's, that's, a ter- that's my terrible Matt Bella Australian impression. But, um, but yeah, unless there's anything else you want to say, Zoheb, uh, you want to, yeah, you want to sign us off? You want me to sign us off? Uh, look, you know what? You're better at me than this, but... Uh, sorry, you're better than... Wait, hold on. No, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Uh, <laughs> Midnight Double Feature, uh, we are everywhere right now. Um, like, the, there's probably no platform that you can't find us on. Uh, number one, we're on YouTube. Uh, all of our videos... Uh, sorry, all of our sound 
clips get uploaded to YouTube. Um, so if you're living under a rock uh, and you can't listen to podcasts, don't have a podcasting app or anything like that, you can always just go to YouTube and listen to us there. Um, we are on Instagram. Uh, the tag is at Midnight Double Feature. We're getting a lot of play on there right now. Um, building up a little follower base it's really cool mm-hmm. um you know comic con's happening right now so we're posting a lot of posters and and things uh, that are coming out uh from comic con um also uh we're also on facebook which is also where we get a lot of our a lot of our play um everything that goes to instagram goes to facebook so you're not really missing anything if you're on one or the other so it doesn't really matter um that's we have two pages there uh, midnight double feature is our main page that's where we post all of our updates to our actual podcast um and the after party is where we post all of our memes and uh you know uh, sort of news that are that, that are coming out of comic con and uh and, everything that's kind of um you know in the in the film industry right now and everything that's sort of noteworthy so the after party is the page that you're going to want to follow um that's two words the after party um what else colin uh you can send us a email if you have any issues with the podcast if you have any constructive criticism because i don't want to hear anything bad because i have a low tolerance for bad comments because you know it's that kind of world that we live in right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? fuck the trollers uh, yeah, I'm scared Disney's going to fire me uh, for saying uh, bad comments. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that uh, email address is midnightdoublefeature at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, honestly, you can reach us anywhere. You can even reach us to reach us uh, via our personal profiles. You, you know, we don't really give a shit. So yeah, um, yeah, man, uh, that's pretty much it. That's that's the go. Yeah, dude, I had a lot of fun covering this. Um, I know it's it's gone on a little bit longer than we expected it to be, but you know, it's it's an hour and forty forty five minute long movie. Uh, you know, and I think we spent almost as much time laughing about Kiefer Sutherland getting spit on as we did the <laughs> philosophies of life after death. So it's a, it good, a good conversation. Yeah, it's it a, a good episode. Um, yeah, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we're not sure what episode we're going to be doing next. Just kind of looking at a few of them, but as soon as we know something, you guys will know something, and we look forward to playing for you guys next time. 